The following program is brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novos Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovosOrdoWatch.org. That's NovosOrdoWatch.org. at the end of season two, a much longer season in terms of shows than season one. And uh, today is our wrap-up show. We're going to talk with all of the people who helped bring this season together in terms of hosting. And we're going to evaluate not just how the season went in terms of our perspectives from, from working on it, but your perspectives from our report card. Joining me today in the first place, uh, Mr. Nicholas Wansbutter, co-founder of Restoration Radio and Holding Down Canada for Tradition. Nicholas, good to have you on. Yeah, always good to be here, Stephen. The other person joining us tonight, uh, holding down the southern part of our network, is Justin Soder, who's our executive producer, the man who makes all the sausage that comes out as beautiful-sounding radio shows. Justin, great to have you on with us. Thanks, Stephen. Good to be here. And, of course, there is Magdalene Zapp, um, who hosted the beautiful things for us this uh, season, um, had her season interrupted by pregnancy, something that can't really happen to Nicholas, Justin, or myself, but she had an excellent, uh, excellent run of shows. Maggie, it's great to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. And I think I'll just start with that, um, uh, and I'll address this to everybody. We're here at the end of the season. It's the end of the liturgical year. We're getting ready to to head into Advent. How do you feel that this season went from an inside perspective? And feel free to be self-critiquing and bring out things that you felt were shortcomings, but also feel free to talk about things that you thought were good but give some uh, inside perspective to those people who are used to hearing the outside perspective. Well, I'll let Nicholas go, go first. first on that. Yeah, that's a good idea. You go ahead, Nicholas. <laughs> How come I have to go first? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you know, like the co-founder. You I haven't have had enough to drink yet. Up. <laughs> I mean, I have lots of things I could say. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> um, well, okay, so, you know, I hosted the... The Beautiful Things, for, for however long I hosted I think I, I did four shows about. And um, I was actually surprised, of course, when I'm trying to prepare a show, um, I had to come up with the subject matter for the show, and I, I found it I was surprisingly difficult to, to find guests that, that could come on. And I don't know if it's perhaps just, it, it might just be my own fault because of not enough networking or, or something like that. But 
it was it was surprisingly difficult to find find guests that could come on. Um, so that's one. Uh, I don't know if you would call it a criticism of my my show, but um, and then the other thing too is, um, of course, just getting into it, finding out what works, what doesn't work, and and the the idiomatic things that you say, where you look back and you, and you think like, oh, that was horrible. Why did I say that? That was really stupid. You know, <laughs> that kind of a thing. So. Um, but that, that's as far as criticisms goes. But I mean, I, it was great for me the learning experience. Cause I just learned so much, and I, I had so much, a lot of fun with it. It was, it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. I guess you know, Maggie, I thought you might you. share that. Maggie, I thought you might share that we had a guest lined up who was, who was actually going to be a great guest for one of your shows, uh, and you weren't going to interview him about the liturgy, but he tried to make this sort of tangential link as to why he wasn't going to come on the show. Can you share that a bit? I thought that would be interesting. Oh, see, <laughs> my memory's so bad. I don't remember his name, but I do remember. Yes, I, I did have an artist lined up that was. One, uh, I had I had contacted him and asked him about coming on, and initially he was um, he was going to do it, and then he ended up backing out because he felt that uh, because the because Stephen and I and and uh, Justin and. Uh, are set of a contest that it would it would somehow um, he he would be throwing his support behind the set of a contest cause um, and that was a big a big uh, by talking about I art with you yes yes um, I, I, it's hard for them to to wrap their minds I guess around the idea that you know that that we can separate well not separate out but but we can discuss certain things that we have in common. And then kind of leave the whole sort of the condom issue alone. <clears throat> so well, well, it was regrettable, but 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 I mean, on the other hand, I mean, I can understand too because that was one of my worries with having guests come on. You know, if they're if they're you know huge fans of John Paul II or which which some of them, to be honest, are because of a couple. Of, I think there was a couple of physicals or something that John Paul II wrote in regards to art and. Um, uh, I remember my my interview with uh, Peter Manjot had a couple of references to John Paul too, and and I just uh, didn't really address them, you know, because I'm not gonna. I first of all, I've never I never read the encyclicals that, that he was talking about, but um, yeah, I, I just I'm not I can't throw my support in behind John Paul too, obviously. So in that, I could see where they could they could think of it as a conflict of interest in a certain respect. Well, I suppose from my point of view, um, you know, coming into the season kind of in midstream that, uh, you know, you learn a lot about, you know, how to how to run the back end of a radio network. I mean, even something like uh, you know, our network, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of planning. There's a lot of show scheduling. There's a lot of back and forth with the show guests, be them clergy. Well, I mean, all I deal with is clergy, um, but learning to work around their schedules, uh, learning how to you know, how to interact with them on the air and sort of living up to their expectations as well. It's not just my expectation from a production point of view, but it's their expectation as well that we have a good product out there on the air, something that people want to hear, um, and then going through all the steps to make that happen. I think that was a big learning experience for me. Um, I, w- I sort of underestimated the time, I think, uh, that, that it takes to do this. I mean, a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of listeners out there, think that we just come on air and talk, uh, but that's absolutely not the case. There's a lot of show planning and, and back and forth that goes together 
Um, I remember, I think it was, I think it was the, the Francis Says There Is No Catholic God show. I think I got a text from Father Chicada or Father Chicada texted Stephen or something like that. It was a Thursday. I, I do remember that. And he said, hey, we need to go on the air tomorrow night. And, uh, I mean, I, I was totally unprepared for that. Um, I didn't, I mean, I had no idea we were going on the air. And that was a weekend that I had with Bishop Dolan and then the Charles Coulomb show on Sunday. So I had a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it was absolute murder, you know. And I, I told Father Chicada, I said, look, you know, you're going to have to show plan this because I don't have time. And um, so I think coming from a, you know, a, a back-end perspective, learning how, to, how to, to deal with, you know, all the guests and their time constraints, but also learning about the, the immense amount of show planning time that goes into this so we don't sound like we're just a bunch of people on the air shooting the breeze about news topics. You know, I think that's probably my, my big shock about the season. What about you, Nicholas? Yeah, well, I mean, for me, uh, this season was really marked by a significant expansion in what we were doing, because season one was uh, Stephen, Piers, Hugel, and I, and un- unfortunately we lost Piers and just down to Stephen and I, but we were just, just doing a monthly show on a Sunday, and season two we expanded to a number of different shows, so we kept the original flagship True Restoration show, and then branched out with the History show, uh, the Clerical Conversations in the Crisis, the uh, Beautiful Things. So it, started, it went from being a radio show to a radio network, and uh, we started getting a lot more people involved, which was uh, uh, definitely something exciting and something, you know, this is becoming something uh, big. But... Uh, with that comes the uh, expanding workload, and as, as you point out, Justin, there is a lot of work that goes into it. Um, I've personally had a year with some personal difficulties, and uh, that is why pre- listeners may have seen me kind of fade in and out of the picture. I know I was on a lot more shows in uh, in the end of August, September, October, and I remember well the weekend that you're speaking of, Justin, because I was in on the uh, the history show and the uh, Francis Says There's No Catholic God show with you. Um, so, uh, But I'm glad to see that we're moving in the direction of moving, becoming more professional, and looking forward to next season, which we'll talk about later, but I think we'll be taking it to the next level again when we get into season three. Yeah, no doubt about that. I think I remember you texting me that Monday and said, you know, are you the only one that's beat tired? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. <laughs> How much do um, you think it helps, though, with, the, uh, with, with just the, the increase in, in the amount of, um, I mean, I know it's more work, but would be just the increase in shows that, and, and listeners, too, just because, I mean, Francis was so amenable by, by offering us so much to work with, so to speak, because he just, you know, he just, kept on coming, it's still coming, you know? Yeah, I think we could have done at least four more shows between since the last Clerical Conversation show and tonight. I mean, there's been so much nonsense that has come out, you just can't keep up with it, you know? It's, mm-hmm. it's hard. I mean, um, I think we wanted to try and squeeze another Clerical Conversations in before the season was over, but it's just, you know, it, the schedules didn't work out, and, you know, you, you, you just can't keep up with this. But to answer your question, I think, I, I think it grew the audience a lot, Maggie. I certainly do. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Speaking of the audience, for those of you who'd like to join in on the conversation tonight, uh, call in, give us your say, your opinion, things that you liked about Season 2, things you didn't like, and things you'd like to see in Season 3, you can call us. Our telephone number is 949-272-9417. Again, that is 949-272-9417. If you're shy or you just want to skip the line, go to Twitter and use the handle at True Restoration and give us uh, a question there using our handle and we will answer those. Um, we don't really have a time that we'll be taking calls or uh, taking calls or taking questions on Twitter. I'll just try to incorporate them as we're moving through today's show. So feel free to call anytime or put a Twitter question out anytime. Uh, everyone was talking about growing the audience. I just wanted, for those of you who don't know, because you, you, know, you may be thinking you're listening yourself, but you don't really realize you know, who else is listening, I wanted to share a list of um, the countries where we're listened to in um, going in order of where we have the most listeners uh, all the way to where we have the fewest listeners, but at least we have you know, some. Uh, obviously, we start with the United States, uh, has the majority of our listeners um, at about 80%, and then Canada, Australia, the United Kingdom, Belgium, Pakistan, France, Poland, Spain, Ireland, Albania, Austria, Brazil, Germany, Hungary, Norway, Switzerland, Denmark, India, Italy, Japan, Malaysia, the Netherlands, Sweden, and South Africa. And I think that when you look at that list, and I was struck particularly the first time when we compiled it and we saw where all the listens were coming from, is just how powerful a medium this is. You know, we may think of radio as an analog technology of you know, the 20th century, that, that long time ago back in the 20th century. But the Internet has been able to transform this basic well-known technology and take it to this next level where you would never have been able to have a, radio, a simple radio show and reach all those different countries. But the Internet empowers that, and um, it's pretty striking. I'm fascinated by Pakistan being so yeah, highly ranked up there. Is that because we're the Catholic Taliban that <laughs> they were getting <laughs> listens from there? It is, it is you who say so. <laughs> I, I was surprised. I was surprised, too, to hear that Pakistan made it ahead of France. You were, go- you were going in order, correct? of Correct. the number of listeners per country. And Pakistan came right before France. So. Well, although Pakistan's an English-speaking country, isn't it? Yes, yes. So that may account for that. But I, I'm glad to, to hear that Bishop Fele is still listening to our show. <laughs> <laughs> don't offend, yeah, taking I don't you don't sure, offend right? our Swiss listeners. Sure, surely there are other people other than Bishop Fele listening to our show in Switzerland. For, for those who don't know us, that was, that was what we would call a joke. Um, so I wanted to go through the yeah. <laughs> I wanted to go through the survey results uh, with everybody, and um, it's interesting because we we discussed this intra intra new that how do you read the survey results? You know, are the people who are responding to the survey the most vocal and yet not necessarily representative of the you know of the whole, or is it a good sample after all? And you you just have to take everything with a grain of salt. However. You have to look at the trends, uh, what you would call the wisdom of crowds, when you're looking at surveys to, to try to make sense of it. And the first question on the survey was, 
how often do you listen to Restoration Radio? 61% said every time there is a new episode, 26% once a week, 13% once a month, and 0% once a quarter. So the overwhelming majority, 87%, listen at least every week, if not every time there's a show. When you think about the statistics, uh, Maggie, Justin, Nicholas, what, what, how does that strike you? Well, I'm not really surprised. I mean, um, in terms of, I think with any, with any radio network, you're going to have a dedicated audience. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much a given. Um, uh, yeah, I think that a lot of people, uh, yeah, th- I think one of the beautiful things about, to steal a line from Maggie's show, um, about this and being synced with iTunes and Stitcher uh, is that you can listen at your leisure and you're not forced to you know, listen to us as soon as it comes on the air. So I think given that convenience, it's kind of like TiVo for the radio. I mean, you're able to, um, you know, you're able to listen at your convenience and you don't have to be... Uh, you know, it's kind of like you know the Rush Limbaugh thing, where you know you 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 know uh, that that medium per se. Now, I mean, I realize that you know now he's into the you know, the internet and everything, but that entire old model of having to be in front of a radio from seven to eight at night, or twelve to three, or nine to noon, or whatever it may be, you know, now it gives the listener the freedom. So I think you're naturally going to grow your audience numbers because of that. What do you what do you think, Nicholas? Yeah. Uh... I don't disagree with that. Uh, I, I guess the thing I, I think is with the survey results that it probably is our core listeners the, that that are the ones that are more likely to respond. So we're not, you know, the, it may be a little bit skewed, the results, since more casual listeners likely wouldn't have answered. And it would be interesting to know whether we do have a number of casual listeners why well, i know we must because some shows have significantly more listens than others and it, it does seem whenever we do a show on francis there's people who are they've heard of something he said recently and they're searching around for some catholic perspective on on that and then they they come across us it would be interesting to know how many of those end up staying on for more but i, I don't think we really have a way of knowing that Well, and that, and that that's the other thing is a listen doesn't tell us who's in the household. Some of the survey results, and we'll get to that, talked about the family listens to it as an event. Well, that means three or four people are listening, but in the ratings for the downloads, it only shows one for that family of four. So you have to have to also have to look if we let's say we have a hundred downloads for a show, then we may realize maybe two hundred people have listened to it possibly. So that's something else you have to look at when you're looking at the numbers. When, when we when we look at you know how to look back at past shows, uh, that's something that we were trying to address. And uh, if you take a look, uh, if you're listening to the show, you'll be the first to see it. Uh, if you go to RestorationRadioNetwork.com, you will see the beginnings of our own site uh, away from Blog Talk Radio. One of the challenges that people had shared with us was that the site's not very easily searchable. It has ads that we have no control over and aren't uh, in tune with. Um, norms for Catholic modesty. So this is, um, for now, a, it's not the be-all, end-all site, but you can search it by archives. You can search it by tags. So if you, if you, know, if you want to read something on the Cristeros, you can see that there's a click there, and you can see every show that has to do that. And it's also listed by shows. So if you just want to look at all the devotions with Bishop Dolan show, for example, you can click on that. 
But that's uh, brand new, and to get you through the winter season, you'll be able to uh, search for old shows, get caught up. Uh, I think that's part of the advantage of, of having a month off, uh, is that you'll have uh, some time to catch up on shows that you missed. So, I, yeah, that, that's actually a good point because I know, like, I've had to catch up on stuff, and it feels like when I'm trying to catch up, I'll have to like listen to a show like every single night just to be able to catch up. <laughs> it's like trying to get. It's like wow, I've heard a lot of Bishop Sanborn. I love Bishop Sanborn, but. I know, it gets overwhelming. And, and you keep in mind with Bishop Sanborn, you know, uh, that just means you, you don't feel good about yourself for like days on end. Um, I think Bishop Sanborn had shared a, uh, a story that uh, he, had, he had laryngitis and he couldn't preach uh, a sermon. And someone had told him later that, uh, that it was the first time he left Mass uh, feeling good about himself you know, in, in many years, because <laughs> he's so used to hearing a Bishop Sanborn sermon. I think that's more obviously a compliment to Bishop Sanborn than it isn't. Um, so, again, along with the extra announcements, I'm going to try to layer in our survey results with some, some ongoing. We've got a lot of announcements for the end of the year. We are um, on to 800 Facebook likes on our Facebook page. For those of you who are on social media, it's a great way to engage with people who are interested in Catholicism, they maybe don't know about traditional Catholicism, they certainly don't know about um, what's been going on since Vatican II. And so between 800 and 1,000 likes, we're going to have a contest. And we're going to have a drawing every 25 likes. So if you have new friends who you haven't introduced to Restoration and you have a Facebook presence, or you've been thinking about you know, maybe being on Facebook, you'll, you'll get access to the photos and the stories that we link to on a daily basis. And uh, every 25 will have a drawing for a free DVD from True Restoration Press. So that is a good free, reason free, to... Free, 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 <laughs> free. So uh, share that with uh, your friends who are on Facebook who maybe haven't liked us. We're easily found. We're facebook.com forward slash True Restoration Media. And, um, and if you want, you, if you haven't liked us, go ahead and put yourself in the running for you know, a free gift for yourself as we get ourselves up to 1,000. Justin, I want to share. You have a, just well, I just want to say real quick. I just took a call a second ago from a from a lady in Canada, uh, you know, Kindred Spirit with Nicholas here. Her name was Giselle, and she was saying that um, you know she she really appreciated the fact that um, you know in this time of crisis in the church that uh, that you know there's there's a voice out there that is helping Catholics figure out how to live, you know, and and how to deal with these things. And she said that um, you know she really appreciated the. the uh, the Bishop Sanborn uh, Vatican II series it was on from the pulpit, and uh, that certainly is one of our <laughs> our more popular uh, from the pulpit series. I think that was the I think that was the first series we launched with, and it's um, something that uh, you know it, it's sort of a you know a six part primer, or actually it's a, it's a seven part primer on the problems of Vatican II, and I think that's a great starting point for anybody who's coming to to tradition. And uh, you know the medium that you know we have here gives us the opportunity to, to do that to kind of show people, okay, you know, if you're here and you're confused, start here. And um, so uh, we, we appreciate Giselle for calling in and letting us know that. Yeah, coming Absolutely. from a production standpoint, you know, it means something to hear somebody call in and say, hey, that's that's fantastic. You know, we you know we we really like that. And of course, you know, Maggie and I have the have the privilege of hearing you know Bishop Sanborn at least a couple of Sundays a month. And uh, I can tell you that, um, you know, his sermons, uh, th there's a reason why we use them a lot, you know, 
as we can here from the pulpit, you know, as not trying to you know overdo things, but uh, there's a reason why they're they're there. Yeah, I, I was gonna say like I, I find that um, listening, I'll, I'll find myself listening to them like when I'm doing you know mundane housework like folding clothes or dishes, doing dishes or something like that. And um, but what I've I've come to appreciate about that series uh, from the pulpit is that he's so uh, well. Anytime really you listen to Pete Sanborn, he's just so clear. There's no there's no ambu- ambiguity about what he's saying. It's just no. No, there's there's no, absolutely no ambiguity whatsoever. <laughs> None, zero. Well, and I think that might be a big part of why it ended up being uh, one of the most popular shows on the network. That's the next question on the survey: was what was your favorite show? Uh, the flagship took twenty percent. Uh, Devotions with Bishop Dolan, eleven. Uh, Clerical conversations on the crisis, fifty-nine percent. Uh, Catholic History with Charles Coulomb, 7%, and Introduction to Catholicism at 4%. And this was, a, this was a forced radio button answer, meaning you could only pick one. So the people might have had something really close, but I wanted them to pick. And far and away, clerical conversations on the crisis at just about 60%, so uh, three out of every five listeners preferred this as their show. There were a couple points of reflection here. And Bishop Dolan referred to it, I think, in his last show with uh, Justin on, on relics, that I made a, I made a um, comment about vegetables. And I had said that I look at a show like Introduction to Catholicism or Devotions with Bishop Dolan or even Catholic History as your vegetables. These are the things that you need to know as part of your faith. We have lots of ways to find out the sensational nonsense uh, that's out there. But we don't have a lot of ways to, let's say, get a radio show about relics where you can get some guidance on what's happening on eBay or where you can get you know, some informative uh, conversations on Galileo or the Crusades or the Inquisition. This is stuff Catholics get taken to the mat for all the time at work by their secular or Protestant friends. But these shows didn't seem to be interesting to people. But if you put up, Francis says there's no Catholic God, we have hundreds of live listeners, uh, dozens of calls, uh, lots of email, high ratings, and there's. I, I'm of two minds on this. In one, in one sense, I'm I'm happy because it means we're we're we have an opportunity to reach people who would not ordinarily have come to us. Francis says something distressing. They look around to see if there are people you know conversing about this. They come to our show. They get to hear some common sense. By the same token, I'm worried about this self-reinforcing thing where people want to hear that they're right. They want to hear about how bad everything is in, in the in the Novus Ordo Church. And for those of us, like myself, who, who left the Novus Ordo some years ago, we, we're not really interested in dwelling on, you know, why the Novus Ordo is so terrible. We're interested in Catholicism, and we're interested in promoting that. But part of that is understanding just how foreign things are. Um, but yes, I, I very much see that as a lack of desire to eat vegetables, and we're going to address that in, in that show going forward. We'll talk about that a little later tonight, but uh, Maggie, well, Nicholas, I, Justin, do you have any thoughts on that? I did. Go ahead, Maggie. I, I want to say I thought it was um, one of the, the great things about having like these shows with Charles Coulomb or, or uh, Bishop Dolan, um, the vegetables, as you call it, is that these are these are the sorts of things that you know, a really dedicated uh, Catholic uh, might, you know, sit down and, and, and read 
in books that they were really prolific. But it just makes all of this knowledge, this vast knowledge that these people have, um, his excellency, Bishop Dolan and and Charles, um, it just makes them more accessible. You know, because uh, I just I, I'm always astounded every time I ever listen to a show with Bishop Dolan by the the, just the vast amount of knowledge that he has, just more or less at his fingertips that he can just come up with. And, and I know it's because he's read so many books about a given topic, um, which all you know. So for us, it's like being able to kind of bypass having to read each of those individual books ourselves, and we can just. I mean, it's, it's much less brain work for us. We don't have to sit there and, and, and read through, read through everything to get to get at the, the information. So accessibility-wise, it's, it's a huge advantage. I think I kind of view it as a double-edged sword, kind of what Stephen was saying a second ago. Um, whereas, you know, we could we could do a show right now on this latest encyclical, or not encyclical, um, apostolic exhortation that came out yesterday or the day before. Uh, and we could get hundreds and hundreds of listens, uh, if not thousands of listens, you know, live listens. And then we do a show on on devotions and don't get you know, a fraction of that. I, I I think the positive about doing the shows on Francis is that we're able to give the folks. And I mean, I, I I can certainly speak from a production point of view. We got a lot of calls from the Novus Ordo, or people who are trapped in the Novus Ordo who were confused and outraged and horrified, and they were just starting to come around. They're, they're, they're now realizing that this man is not Catholic. So it gives us the opportunity for that um, to help people find their way. Um, but on the other hand, the problem with it is is that you, you sort of get Francis burnout. You know, you sort of get to the point where, I mean... I understand, as as does Nicholas and, and, and Maggie and Stephen, I mean, you know, we understand what this guy is. And so we, he, he gets a little tiring that, you know, we jump on air and we talk about this, we explain this, we, you know, we let the clergy explain it. Uh, and But yet, when it comes to things that will save your soul, like, uh, you know, having, you know, fostering a devotion to Our Lady in the month of, of uh, what is this, uh, September, um, or you know we don't get a lot of listens um and that's a bit problematic i think from a from a listening point of view and also from a production point of view you know we do a show on relics or we do a show on holy water or stations of the cross or you know the sacred heart and those aren't as popular and that's a bit problematic and i would challenge our listeners to think a little bit about why that is you know in yourself i mean those meat and potatoes those 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 red meat topics that people really, really, you know, jump all over. I mean, we could have, you know, we could have those topics every day. But let's talk about the Catholic faith, and eh, uh, yeah, okay, I'll listen later. So I think that's something that you know, it, it's a question that we should all ask ourselves on that. Mm-hmm. Nicholas, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I suppose there may be a temptation sometimes when you see those show topics to think, oh, well, I know what the scapular is, or I know what the rosary is, so I don't know if I need to listen to that show and. I know I've even had a little bit of that thought myself because, I mean, I'm not on all of these shows, but I still still try to listen to everything, and sometimes I'm not as enthusiastic to listen to that. I think it's just a natural human nature that you're going to gravitate more to the, uh, the the scandalous or the, you know, the sensational uh, show, but... I, I would in, encourage listeners to tune into those other shows because, uh, you know, I've listened to all of them and I've found that I'm always 
somewhat pleasantly surprised at how informative and how educational they are, even if I thought I knew about a certain topic. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think it's a natural inclination fall in human nature. We're all susceptible to it, so uh, we're not trying to beat up on our listeners and say, you must listen to, to these shows. But I, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised if uh, if you do uh, listen to more of them. That, and there is a lot of information in them and a lot of very interesting and helpful things in those shows. Well, I actually had a question for all of you three. Um, were you expecting, like initially when you first started out doing this, were you expecting that, that yeah, people will jump on the sensational stuff, but they, they'll probably stick around to check out what else you're offering? Was that an expectation that you had or or not? Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that, um, you know, you obviously, you know, w- when you cover the big stories that are happening uh, in real time, you expect that that will give you some exposure to the other products as well and the, the other material that you're offering. Yeah, I, I would say so. But statistically, it, it didn't happen that way. Like, like just from going by the numbers, it just didn't happen. Not necessarily, mm-hmm. no. I mean, th- there were some topics that were very popular and other topics that were just you know, dogs. I mean, I hate to put it in those terms, but, I mean, it, it just, yeah. I mean, there were some topics that were popular and others that weren't. Mm. Yeah, the interesting thing is it seems that some of the vegetable shows, w- the, the people that liked them liked them a lot because I know one thing we've talked about is so we, how we're disappointed about how low, how consistently low the ratings have been for the history show, which we thought would be a lot more of a hit. But the people who do listen to it regularly, they... They're the ones that we seem to get the most. Uh, yeah, they um, really like uh, the, the most emails praising the sh- the particular show that they like and and saying how much they appreciate having that show. And I would add on to Nicholas's point by saying that it's it's a little bit more complicated insofar as our goal once we realized we were going to create a network was to have content all the time. And we understood, like any other content provider, as Nicholas said, people are going to like some things. People are, and there's a limited amount of time. We, even if we put out a show every day, we don't assume that people suddenly have 10 hours a week that they can dedicate to Restoration Radio. They've got to make a choice about how much time they have. Maggie, you've got kids, and you've got a lot of stuff to worry about. So you, you might just have to say, uh, wow, there's four episodes this week. I think I'll, I'll, you know, I'll pick these two, and then maybe I'll get to that over time. So... When you look at season one, it was very much an experiment. Nicholas and I, as he pointed out, it was just us. Uh, we varied between things that were very timely. Uh, Nicholas, you remember when we did that uh, SSPX deal show mm-hmm. with Father mm-hmm. Chicada, and that was big for a couple reasons. Everyone found out that Father Chicada was not the big bad wolf that they had been lied to about. But that also, there, we were able to address something that was timely, and no one else was doing that. And then we and then we did a show on you know uh, the Second Vatican Council or homeschooling things that are timeless they're not necessarily timely and and you can you can look at those and then we also tried you know movie we we did the Hunger Games and, and we did Snow White and the Huntsman so we looked at season one as as the show started to morph because back in season one we only had one show so all of our ideas were within that one show but you could see from season one a lot of those trends have still carried over. When you think about, you know, one of our most popular shows of all time was Bishop Sanborn's 
three-hour interrogation. We interrogated Bishop Sanborn for three hours on the Second Vatican Council across six documents. Well, that's a tough show. I mean, A, it's three hours. But B, you're, to get the most out of it, you're going to want to read some of these documents. And we, we assume that our listeners are not going to say, oh, I've got a three-hour block. I want to go listen to that show. The beauty of technology is you can pause it. You can say, I'm going to listen for 30 minutes. I'll come back and get to it another day. So, and, and Mark, I say, okay, I got up to an hour and 10 minutes. I'll come back to that mark later. So I think the challenge is, no, I don't expect everyone to listen to all of our shows. But what I am hoping is, as we continue to layer in that mix between timely issues, devotional issues, history issues, movie reviews, book reviews, um, Catholic issues in general, things like relocation. Should I relocate to a place where there's daily mass? How does that work? Um, building a Catholic community, modesty, that there should be an equal desire. If you if you think about the people who are running the network, people like Nicholas, Maggie, Justin, myself, part of why we're doing this and part of why we love it is we're, we're those sorts of people who are always excited to learn more about Catholicism. I'm never going to turn down an opportunity to learn more about Catholicism. I'm never going to think I know everything because that's the great thing about our faith. There's so much to learn. You will never learn everything. And if not, if even if you think you do know everything, it's a great refresher show to put that item at the top of your mind. I think that was part of the point I was trying to make when I did a Stations of the Cross show in the middle of the summer. Clearly out of Lent, not anywhere near any penitential time, but the Stations of the Cross, sometimes Catholics we associate it as a Lenten devotion, but it's not for Lent only. It's a great devotion to do any time. And so I guess I, I, would, I would exhort our listeners, if you think you know, you know give, it, give it a listen. You, you may learn some new things and, and try to step away from the tendency of traditional Catholics to go after the sensational. I would argue, you know all you need to know about that. But do you know about the you know, first class, second class, third class relics, how they originated, where they came from, that Justin show that, that, that was just done? Um, that would be that would be the only point I would make, and um, we've got a lot to cover well, I, still. So can I jump in and I, ask uh, another question? Uh, sure. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us, you are listening to True Restoration's flagship show, episode number 31, the end of season two. I'm Stephen Heiner. I'm joined by Maggie Zapp, Justin Soder, and Nicholas Wansbutter as we wrap up the season, discuss the results of our season two report card survey that we sent out to our listeners, and preview some projects and shows for Season 3. Maggie, what was your question? Well, um, so you've expressed some disappointment over the numbers in regards to the shows that weren't sensational. And hopefully I can ask you this, and there won't be any sort of breach of confidentiality or anything like that, but um, both of you, or all three of you, should be in a, in a better um, position to, um, or to, to have spoken with the clergy about this. Have any of them expressed their disappointment to you guys about the, or do they not know about the, the statistics in regards to the numbers um, for, like, the devotional shows or or the, the non-sensational stuff? Um, no, no, I mean, I had a chance to speak with Bishop Dolan in person uh, a few weeks back when we were up in Cincinnati, and, you know, he wasn't surprised. I mean, you know, Bishop Dolan knows the landscape very, very well. Uh, I mean, it takes probably a lot to surprise a priest, let alone a bishop, uh, as to, I mean, they know, uh, you know, the tendencies of, of, 
of Catholics today. So no, there was there was no surprise, and there was certainly no disappointment. I mean, there may have been some disappointment, but it wasn't like a oh well, we shouldn't do this sort of thing. I mean, it was it's nothing like that. I mean, I think Bishop Dolan's Bishop Dolan's response was, hey, we'll just give him more vegetables, and I think that's the right response. <laughs> So rather than saying, you know, like, this is, this is really kind of pointless because we're not even reaching however many numbers and questioning yeah, whether mean, it's really worth their time kind of a thing, they would, they just... I mean, for Bishop Dolan, I mean, I can pr- probably speak for the rest of the clergy. I mean, this isn't a numbers game for them. This is, you know, this is for souls of goodwill, those who want to know the truth. And if they want to hear it, they're going to listen. And if they don't want to, there's nothing they're going to be able to do to influence that so, other than continue to preach, you know, the truth. So no, I don't think that's a that's a point of contention for them. That's inspiring to hear about our clergy. Well, if you um, wanted to know about what sort of listeners uh, there are to Restoration Radio, we had categories of Novus Ordo represented and four percent, Indult fifteen percent, SSPX eleven percent, Set of a Contest fifty six percent, and Home Aloner thirteen percent. For those of you who don't know that term, a home alone group um, doesn't believe that clergy have the right to exercise their ministry outside of a hierarchy. So we even have some of those. Um, so I would, you know, at 50, at you could say a little over 50% instead of a contest, uh, I have resisted some of the, the emails that, you know, we want more set of a contest topics covered, and I, I've said this before, everything's out there. Father Chicada, Bishop Dolan, Bishop Sanborn, other people have been doing the work for years. That's how Justin, Nicholas, and myself got here, Maggie got here as well. Uh, we, we had to go read. Um, I, I don't think that our value add as Restoration Radio is to become, you know, set of a contest radio. It so happens that we have a lot of set of a contest listeners, that's nice. But that isn't our goal. In fact, I would argue probably our goal is to reach Novus Ordo, Indult, SSPX people who are of goodwill and are also interested in Catholicism, as we are not only in the sensational things. And by interacting with us and seeing what we're passionate about, they they may be able to take some of their emotional barriers down and say, okay, set of a contest aren't evil, they, they aren't the worst thing to happen, they aren't un-Catholic, and they can start to form their own judgments once they've had interactions. How many, I can't tell you how many emails, oh, I didn't know Father Chicada sounded so nice in person. Well, <laughs> why would you say something like that? Well, because you've been lied to about what Father Chicada is or what set of a contest are. That's the only reason someone would say something like that. So I, I think that that's performing a valuable service in and of itself. Just hearing the clergy's voice, finding out that they don't froth at the mouth whenever they open their mouth, um, I think that's been a, that's that's been a good service. Um, I know different uh, among the ownership group here. There's a different passions for different demographics. But as I said, I have a particular passion for the Novus Ordo, having come out of that myself and seen seen how different regular real Catholicism is. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the point that's worth repeating is we're not going to do set of a contest shows also because we aren't a set of a contest radio network. We're a Catholic radio network. And I think that's a great point. So. <clears throat> yes. All right. If we don't have any other comments, we'll move on to our next uh, topic. Uh, that we asked our uh, listeners. 
And is, have you contributed to Restoration Radio? If not, what stops you? Uh, yes, 22%. Yes, and I plan to become a subscriber, 13%. No, I don't have the funds, 27%. No, we haven't gotten enough value from the network, 10%. No, but I plan to contribute in Season 3, 29%. So I want to focus on the positive, yes, 22%, yes, and I plan to become a subscriber at 13, and no, but I plan to contribute in Season 3. So that means that over 50% of our listeners uh, are go- have contributed, are going to contribute, and we're very grateful for that. And we're going to talk about that in a minute because you know, we, we got some emails about, well, why are you asking for money, and we'll talk about that. The, the curious part, the no, I don't have the funds and no, haven't gotten enough value from the network, we understand that not everyone has the funds to, to contribute. I, I, I want to make sure that that's clear. That being said, Restoration Radio is probably listened to over a high-speed Internet connection, which costs money. And as we said before, something as simple as a dollar would demonstrate that you believe in what we're doing and that you'd like to see more of it and you can support it. And we can talk about you know, what $1 means um, a little later in the broadcast. But the, the don't have the funds, I, we created a volunteer button. So the idea was, well, if people can't contribute money, I'm going to take them at their word that they don't have the money. They can certainly contribute their time. So we created a volunteer button on truerestoration.org. And that's something that uh, that wasn't available at the time of the survey, but is available now. So if you are part of that group of people that you genuinely, genuinely don't have the funds to contribute, you're living paycheck to paycheck, you don't have any free, free income to support a Catholic apostolate, I understand. The, the one that was more curious, and I would say somewhat humorous as well, was no, haven't gotten enough value from the network. So if you go back to our original group of numbers, that 87% of Restoration Radio listeners listen to the network either when there's a new episode or every single week, but a certain subset of those people then say they haven't gotten enough value from the network. Um, I would have to say there's a disingenuousness there that if you are listening to our network all the time, you must be getting some kind of value or you're really in for torturing yourself. But I would, <laughs> I would, I would maybe take a step back and say, what is it that deserves my my contributions. Um, people have had the ability to start something like Restoration Radio for decades. People like The Remnant, Catholic Family News, people who have much more money, subscriber bases, and experience than Nicholas, Justin, myself, or Maggie. Much more. And clout. Don't forget clout. Yeah, and, 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 and age and, and networking connections. But they didn't. Yes. We did. And as a result, we need your help to, to put this together on an ongoing basis, and we'll talk about what those costs mean, but just you know, take a step back. If you're going to say you haven't gotten enough value from the network, then, then maybe spend your time listening to, to other things, or, as I said before, $1 contribution, a $2 contribution, that's the beauty. You don't have to put it in a, you don't have to write a check, put a stamp on an envelope, mail it, lose some money on the stamp, lose some money on the envelope. You can send it by PayPal, uh, and we can get it from anywhere in the world. And it, that's part of leveraging technology to help us as well. Can I add? Can I add something to you, Stephen? Just sure. that uh, you know how uh, Nicholas was just saying a couple minutes ago. It's a Catholic network. This is not a set of a contest. I think some people might be afraid of saying, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to contribute because they feel like they're going to be contributing, quote unquote, to the set of a contest cause or something like that. And that's actually not the case. 
you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's a good place to reinforce what Nicholas and you were saying about it being a Catholic. It's a Catholic. Yeah, and I think that might just be the. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know if that's the perception. I'm gonna. I'll read here from one of the comments. From on the survey, not holding the set of a contest position, I feel I cannot financially support the enterprise. If I became convinced of the claim, or barring that, set of a contest apologetics comprised a very minimal part of the content, I would certainly support it. For now, I must limit my support to this very specific recommendation of certain episodes. You know how it is. And I would tell the listener, if you're hearing your words being repeated here, I actually don't know how it is, partly because if I look at the aggregate number of episodes talking about set of acontism, A, we haven't had a show on set of acontism to talk about the set of acontist position. So what we do is we do news analysis and we have a certain perspective, but there's no set of acontist uh, relics show. There's no set of acontist um, stations of the cross show, rosary, scapular. If you look, the overwhelming majority of our content is on general Catholic issues. The news shows that we do obviously do focus on our perspective but we have Novus Ordo callers, in fact, and we have non-Catholic listeners. So I, I, don't, I don't think that that's being entirely fair to say something like set of Acontas apologetics are a majority of our shows. I, I just I don't think the numbers bear that out. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I mean, and uh, frankly, I'm in no hurry to do a show on that. I mean, it, it's there's far, far more things to cover, and like Nicholas, I mean, excuse me, not like, like Stephen said a second ago, I mean, the information is out there. You, know, you can go look it up. If it's something you're interested in and it's a question that you have, the information is you know, certainly plentiful out there. And you know, I'm to the point now you know, myself where you know, when I hear things like, you, know, you need to do a show on Sedificantism or I'm tired of all the Sedificantist rhetoric, I mean, I, I'd like to know where that's coming from because you know, if, there's anyone, uh, <laughs> if there's anyone amongst all all four of us here on the show tonight that knows the programming content, it, it would certainly be myself. And, and, you know, I'm well aware of the, the product that goes on the air. And we have not had a show on Sidificantism or on Sidificantism Apologetics. Yes, there have been comments made on the, the Clerical Conversations show, the flagship show, about the theological position. But there's been no Sidificantist Apologetics show out there. So... To that particular uh, you know, survey respondent, I would say, please explain to me where that is because it doesn't exist. And I suppose that's a good point to segue into some of the comments because, uh, as we talk about in the survey, you have to take things with a grain of salt. And one of the shows that you had, uh, Justin, was Catholic History with Charles Coulomb, one of the shows I started and then um, you, you took over as, as the schedule yeah, kind of right. didn't work out for me. And as we looked at the comments, we have people saying, we really love Charles. And we have other people saying, you know, if there's one show I would, would stop would be Charles Coulomb. <laughs> and uh, can you comment as, as the host of that show, talk a little bit about those comments, how you feel about them, and what is going on with Charles for us in season three? Uh, yeah, I think the, the comments are probably to be expected a little bit. Um, Speaking from a standpoint of personally knowing Charles now being on the air with him, Charles, Charles is a great guy. I mean, he is a, he's a brilliant mind, and uh, he certainly is, you know, without a doubt. And I think, Stephen, you'd agree with me on this, that, you know, amongst the English-speaking world, uh, there's nobody that knows it better than Charles in terms of history. I mean, the man is a – he's really a walking encyclopedia. I mean, would you not agree with me on that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean – um, so to say, you know, I love Charles, I hate Charles, I think that comes from a position of the listener. 
Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with what Charles brings to, to the air, because I think what Charles brings to the air is a wealth of historical knowledge. Um, in terms of, uh, I think I need to address this, because we, we all talked about this a few times over the last week, about what's going on with the show. Um, the, the, yeah, the history show has been rather difficult, because for those of you who don't know Charles, I mean, he's an author, he's a lecturer, he travels, he travels the world over uh, to you know, to speak with people and, and to give seminars and this, that, and the other. Uh, and he's very busy. And so to catch up with Charles and to schedule a show has proved pretty challenging this season. Um, I, I can speak about, you know, several times Nicholas and I have been ready to go on air with Charles, and, and it's literally been uh, 15 seconds before airtime, and we finally get a hold of Charles. And he's traveling, and he does the show from his cell phone. And he's, uh, unfortunately, he's been in a severe car wreck uh, back in, uh, I guess, late October, and then he had a death in the family uh, uh, last week. And so the last show we did with Charles was the, uh, the Catholicism in the South, Part 1, and we've received a lot of emails from people asking, well, where's Part 2, where's Part 2? I assure all of our listeners out there that there is nobody that is more eager to get to part two than, my, <laughs> than me and Nicholas, uh, or I should say than Nicholas and I. Um, you know, we, we want to do the show. At some point in time, we will do the show. But um, at this point in time, that we have, uh, he, it's pretty difficult to get up with Charles right now. Um, you know, he, uh, Charles had a, a, a very, very, very close friend of his who he lived a common life with, Brother Leonard, uh, who, who just died this past week, uh, uh, Brother Leonard uh, uh, Mary Farrell. So please keep him in your prayers. Um, and Charles, I, I spoke with him last Sunday, and he said he does want to do the show and he wants to continue on. So um, this coming season what we're going to do is we're going to essentially make Charles' show kind of like a, maybe, a, maybe a special show uh, quarterly or so. Uh, where uh, where Nicholas and I record the show with Charles, and then we we drop it onto the website. I mean, the show's not going away. We will get to part two, but it's not going to be a regular on the schedule because I don't want to li- uh, to disappoint the listeners who are wanting to see a show happen and then have us scrap the show because of scheduling conflicts. So that's kind of the backstory as to what's happening with the 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 Catholic History Show. It's not going to be a regular show on the schedule. But it will be a show which appears on Restoration Radio for season three, um, and um, I mean I enjoy my time on the air with Charles. I mean uh, some people have ha- have written in that you know Charles kind of wanders and this that and the other, and I think that's kind of the charm of Charles to a point is that he has so much to share with us, um, and to prove to prove to our listeners back to the point we just made a few minutes ago that this is not a set of a contest radio network. If it were a set of a contest radio network, Charles Colon would not be appearing on the Restoration Radio Network. Charles is able to look past these things. Yes, we, we don't share the same opinion he does, but we're able to uh, find the common ground of his, of his, of his historical knowledge. Excuse me, And uh, we're able to do a very good show because of that, I think. Um, you know, I don't know if anybody has anything else to add on that, Nicholas or Stephen. Um, you know, Stephen, you've been friends with Charles for years, and um, I think this is a... Um, you know, this is a show that is timely, it's important, because Catholics don't know history. And what history they do know has been influenced probably by the secular media, by a public education. And uh, I think Charles really puts into perspective. I, I think the funniest comment of the year from Charles was uh, when he said to me on the air, he said, uh, next time you're at a procession, 
just tell yourself, this is as real as my taxes. <laughs> and, and that, yeah, that kind of hit home for me because, uh, you know, Charles is always talking about the disconnect uh, from, from Catholics, from history, and Catholics from reality as well, that you cannot separate Catholicism from history. You cannot separate God from history. So I think Charles brings a lot to the network, and I'm, I'm more than happy to keep doing the show with him. I'm honored to do the show with him. I know Nicholas is as well, and um, that's kind of the backstory on where we are with Charles. I have to say, you did mention um, you were talking about doing a pre-recorded show and uh, with Charles because of scheduling issues. But I was thinking too, like for those shows that uh, where you um, perhaps don't take as many callers, uh, do you think maybe it would be a good idea to pre-record those shows at your leisure or the, the, the leisure of the clergy, whatever, however that may be? Um, because at that point, it's not really going to hurt anything to do so. Mm-hmm. I guess it seems like a really good idea to me to do that. Well, you know, for the Charles show, we don't take any callers, really. I mean, we we, we were going to do, and I apologize, I, I, I had actually corresponded with a few listeners uh, uh, via email, and I said we were going to have a call-in show with Charles at the end of the season, but unfortunately, due due to his car wreck and um, and the death in the family, we, we, we weren't able to do that. So... For a show that is not dominated by calls, I think that's, uh, you know, the pre-recorded show is fine. So I I think that is able to to be done. Nicholas? Yeah, well, it certainly can be done. Pre-recorded shows I don't think are always necessary, even if we're not having call-ins. It it makes more sense for some shows than others. But, But I think that one due to the scheduling issues and sometimes things coming up last second... That's why it's better to do pre-recorded. Okay, well, if we don't have anything further there, the next question is going to be for Nicholas. Uh, and the, uh, the exact quote was, please tell Nicholas that the appropriate address to a bishop is Your Excellency, uh, Your Excellency and not Me Lord. I inwardly <laughs> cringe every time he says that. Did, uh, I can't say that I was in, inwardly cringing, Nicholas, but I, I know the reason why. But you might enlighten some of our listeners who, A, didn't really realize you were doing that, and B, don't know why this, call, why this caller or caller, this listener, is wrong. Right. Well, <laughs> my lord or my lord, it's not, I'm not saying me lord. I don't think I pronounce it that way. It's my lord, M-I-L-O-R-D, which is a shortened version of my lord is the proper form of address for a bishop. Um, and I've actually got the uh, 1917 Catholic Encyclopedia open in front of me to the article on um, ecclesiastical address. And uh, the bottom section of that is uh, English-speaking countries. So I- I'm just going to quote this. Uh, I mean, this is the Catholic Encyclopedia. It says that the Catholic Directory gives the following brief directions for forms of address, which, with the slight exceptions noted, may be safely taken as representing the best custom of the United States, the British Isles, Canada, Australia, and the British colonies in general. So going down to the section on bishops, it says the Lord Bishop of X or or His Lordship, the Bishop of X, my Lord or... Uh, my Lord Bishop, or your Lordship. And then it says in parentheses, 
In the United States, the titles My Lord and Your Lordship are not usually given to bishops. Uh, it actually doesn't say what, the, what is usually given to bishops in the article, but I, reading between the lines, it seemed to be Your Excellency, uh, which is, comes from the Italian usage. But, uh, I mean, when you look through it, um, uh, My Lord is not just in English, it's in France, Monseigneur is translated to be my lord uh spanish they call him your lordship my lord uh señor um germany i'm not going to attempt to pronounce there but again it's my lord prelate or or most worthy lord prelate so um and for some listeners who don't realize i'm not american i am canadian i live in canada so the little exception that, that my Lord is not usually used in the United States doesn't apply to me. Um, so it, it's, it is the proper form of address, and that's why I use it. And certainly I would, I would think that listeners that know anything of Bishop Sanborn would have expected that he would have uh, corrected me uh, after the first show that I did with him if I was wrong in using that form of address. Well, there's also a link with nobility, is there not, Nicholas? I mean, you just explained a lot of countries that were once monarchies, so this comes this comes from nobility. Yeah, it does, because, uh, well, in certain regions, the bishops actually had, they were the local lord. There were certain areas that were directly under the control of a bishop, but I think it also goes to a certain, you know, they're the, the, uh, the spiritual nobility, uh, oftentimes, for cardinals are described as the princes of the church. Uh, likewise, you could say that the bishops are the lords of, of the church, the, the equivalent of barons and, and what have you. So that, there's that that aspect of um, uh, of uh, yeah the spiritual lordship. So um, I have to ask then: then can we can we blame it on the uh, some sort of inherent Americanist? Tendencies that we have a some some Americans have an automatic knee-jerk reaction to uh, to cringe every time you say the Lord. We just go, ah, it's like you know Dracula, shun. <laughs> yeah, I, I I haven't had time to look into the history of it, but I wouldn't be surprised to learn that the reason my Lord isn't normally used in American society is historically is because of that, because of the whole American Revolution and the the aversion for anything monarchy or aristocracy, whereas uh, places like Canada and Britain, we still, we didn't have a, well, I mean, Britain did have its great revolution, but not quite the same as the American Revolution. Hmm. Well, I think, you know, well, Nicholas, I, you know, I think we all shared a good laugh about that because, you know, I, I would be willing to bet money that that, that comment came from an American. Uh, you know, we, we tend to think the only way to address bishops is your excellency. Um, you, know, you might occasionally hear someone say Monsignor, um, but, of course, that's probably only because they, they see that Archbishop Lefebvre has been addressed as that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't, you know, they don't really know the 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 proper the proper addressing of, of bishops, and there's many interchangeable proper ways to address a bishop. I think you've covered that. 
And, uh, you know, I would just tell our listener, you need to go do some research on that. Uh, There's nothing wrong with Mr. Wansbutter's pronunciation or his his addressing to a bishop as my lord. I think, too, Justin, though, Americans tend to fall into the trap of thinking that whatever is good for America is good for everyone else. So we just, Mm -hmm. like, a certain amount of arrogance that we just kind of, you know, like, this is acceptable here and it's normal and relative, so, you know... What, what's wrong with you that you're not following the American customs? Oh, Maggie, you're just now, now you're now you're not being patriotic. You you clearly don't love America. <laughs> you're a bad you're, American. You're showing, your true, you're, bad you're showing your true colors uh, now. I, I just saw on, on Facebook <laughs> this thing where I had Americans put all of the the country names in for Europe, and I was thinking, oh, that'd be so me. I wouldn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so I, I can see where people fall into that trap. I'm I'm being sympathetic, sort. <laughs> Yeah, and I would I would just say there's no distinction at the archbishop's level. Uh, if you wanted to address the if if you had an archbishop in front of you, you would say your grace, uh, which is the equivalent level of a duke. An archbishop was considered the same level as a duke. You would you would call a duke your grace, and there is no American equivalent for that. We just everyone says your grace when you address an archbishop in English-speaking countries. So there, this might just be a confusion at the at the level of bishop between your excellency and my lord, but either is acceptable. I would say it just depends on on the, the situation and context. I've used both interchangeably. It just it depends. Um, as an Anglophile, I do pretend, I do prefer Nicholas's pronunciation, but it's it's more pretension for an American like myself to use it, and it's more proper for um, someone who lives in a Commonwealth country like Nicholas to use it, who also uses it in his daily law practice. Right. I, I was just about to mention that that uh, well, not in all jurisdictions in Canada, but in certain jurisdictions of Canada, uh, judges of the Superior Courts, which are frequently called the Court of Queen's Bench still, those justices are addressed as my lord or my lady in court. And I'm, I, I see no reason why I should accord less respect to a bishop than I do to a judge. Well, I was also edified. I got to see uh, uh, Nicholas had a bring his friends to work day when we were up at, uh, at the summit at, at his uh, at his residence, and uh, I was edified. The, the uh, counselors bow to the bench uh, when be, when they're exiting or entering a certain area, and I thought, wow, that's that's more respect that's paid in some Novus Ordo churches because there's no tabernacles present normally. So, if you want some respect paid, you can come to a Canadian courtroom and watch people bow to a bench. Yeah, it's quite something to see. You know, I have to say, I was I was taken I was taken back by that too. Watching the, you know, watching the counselors bow before they uh, before they entered into the area up there, it was like wow. I mean, you don't even see this in in, in no Ordo churches. Yeah, and that was and before you, Justin and got you, reprimanded for taking a picture. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna say I almost had almost got arrested. I was gonna say I almost got arrested. I almost had to contract some of your services there, Mr. Defense Attorney. <laughs> For those of you who are just joining us, you are listening to True Restoration on the Restoration Radio Network. This is the Season 2 Summary Show. I'm Stephen Heiner. You are listening to Justin Soder, Maggie Zapp, and Nicholas Wansbutter discuss our end-of-season survey. And we're previewing Season 3, and I've been alluding to that, so why don't we talk a little bit about that now, Season 3 previews. Justin, can you tell us a little bit about what's happening with Introduction to Catholicism, Devotions with Bishop Dolan, and Clerical Conversations on the Crisis, because you're involved with all of those shows. Yeah, sure. Um, 
Well, Devotions of Bishop Dolan is is sort of um, being put on hold for next season. Um, I, I spent a lot of time speaking with His Excellency about this, and uh, we think that it would be wise to move, maybe to play on His Excellency's strength a little bit or His Lordship's strength a little bit, um, and uh, begin to sort of... Um, uh, add two more shows to this coming season. Um, he, His Excellency will be with us on clerical conversations on the crisis now with, with Father Chikata. Uh, that's going to be a regular, uh, a regular installment. And he will also uh, be adding Doctors of the Church, and he will be doing a show with uh, Stephen called uh, The Root of the Rot. And I'm, I'm a little excited about that show because... Um, if any of our listeners have gone to True Restoration Media and they've watched the Bishop Sanborn interviews, the, the, the Catholic history interviews, Bishop Sanborn takes us right back to where this all began in the 14th century, 14th or 15th century. Nicholas, you can correct me if I'm wrong there. I think it's the 14th or 15th century. Um, and he yeah, walked it all... I'd say the fourteenth, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, fourteenth probably, um, and walked us all the way up to the Second Vatican Council and all the things that were occurring in history, and it was sort of a you know a, a broad overview. Uh, I mean, as much as you can cover in a four-hour, two-part interview. Uh, but Bishop Dolan is going to do a show on that next season called The Root of the Rot with Stephen, and it's going to take us all the way all the way back to the beginning of where this all began to lead us up to where we are today. So that's pretty exciting. The Doctors of the Church show is going to be, a, a, I think, what, Stephen, a 15-minute show? Is that right? I think, I think it's a 15-minute show, 30-minute show maybe? It'll be 30 minutes at the most, but anywhere between 15 and 30. It'll be more like a short spiritual conference. And okay. we'll try to cover right. all the okay. doctors of the church in one season, which will, which right. will be a task, but we're going to try. Yes, 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 it will. So um, that's, that's where we're going to go with, with Bishop Dolan. Um, you'll hear him regularly on Clerical Conversations on the Crisis. That'll be Thursday. I'll be hosting that show with Bishop Dolan and Father Chikata. Uh, and the doctors of the church. Um, I'm not sure what day that's going to be out of the week. It might be a, it might be a Monday, I believe. I'm not, I'm, I'm not quite sure at this point. But we'll, we'll figure that out. Uh, at this point, that's not known. So, but he will be on for that. And um, I mean, I'm looking forward to working with, with his excellency on that because I think he, he'll bring a lot to the, the timely conversations. And, uh, you know, Bishop Dolan... Well, I would take, keep in mind, just to make sure, Clerical Conversations on the Crisis will not be the same show that it was this season. Correct, yeah, that's... Yeah, thanks thanks for bringing that up. The One of the problems that we ran into with Clerical Conversations is it kind of became um, a Francis Watch sort of thing, where we were constantly, constantly covering, uh, you know, the happenings of uh, Bergoglio and the topics that were coming up. I mean, there for a while, I mean, I know Nicholas can agree with me. I mean, this was almost a, you know, an every other day thing where, you know, we were, we were literally getting on the air, I mean, every, every three or four days and covering all these, these nonsensical things coming out of Rome. So we're going to return clerical conversations back to a more topical, timely sort of thing. We're going to answer questions about you know, Catholics have, you know, Heavy moral questions. You know, how do I deal with X? How do I deal with Y? You know, um, I think that the um, you know the most important thing here is that we do keep in context the fact that we are living in the time of crisis, and that with this crisis we need to have guidance. 
And uh, so this is going to become more of a timely show. And I think that probably this would be a good time to, to, to reveal the fact that we are going to introduce a new show with Bishop Sanborn and Father Chicada called Francis Watch. That will be your show on Thursday nights once a month for all things Francis. You want to know about you know, all the problems coming out of Rome, you know, for all you red meat people, this is your topic. This is your show. This is where we're going to hammer it. Um, and you know, I think moving forward, we're not, you know, we're not wanting to alienate anybody, and we are wanting to give those topics out. I mean, you've heard us talk a lot about this evening that we're not, you know, we're not wanting to continue on with, or we're wanting you to eat your vegetables. That's fine, but we're going to give you your red meat too. So that's going to be on Thursday nights once a month, probably the third Thursday of the month, as it stands right now. I'll finalize uh, before we move forward in Season 3 with Bishop Sanborn and Father Chicago, which, which uh, night. But as of right now, it's the third, the third Thursday of the month. And that will probably be a two-hour show. Depending upon how heavy the topic is and how many callers we get, it might spill on over into you know, two-plus hours. So um, that's kind of from the Bishop Dolan, uh, Bishop Sanborn point of view, where we're going with that. So, and we're going to return to to the timeless topics that made clerical conversations interesting, and it's not going to spill over into what Francis is doing. Um, and I think, you know, Stephen, I think by and large, I think that was what you pretty much planned when we began clerical conversations on the crisis, was you wanted to stay with timely topics. Is that correct? Right. And part of the challenges with Bishop Sanborn being busy running a seminary, I couldn't very well ask him to do two different shows. So he is he is going to be on Francis Watch. Uh, a lot of people have expressed, uh, you know, a desire to have that show around. So clerical conversations, you know, what what should be the Catholic what what should be the Catholic's action on abortion? So this 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 is something that people don't necessarily have an answer to. If this is something that we were to sit down to coffee and donuts right now and have a conversation, what should a Catholic be doing about abortion? I don't think you'd get the same answer from every person. And those are the sorts of topics, and that's just one, that we would see in clerical conversations. Something that you'd want to talk about that, that yes, is from the headlines, but it isn't necessarily timely and related to Francis. I didn't, we didn't plan for Jorge Bergoglio to get elected. So I didn't, I would say, sort of hijacked clerical conversations from us this season. But we're remedying that next season by creating a separate show to deal with those issues for people who want to be informed, who want to share with their Novus Ordo friends. Because we understand that show serves as a way for people to get answers. They don't have answers to what's going on. We provide some answers. That's a great avenue for people to come back and listen to, let's say, a show on relics. So that's going to remedy that. Uh, so clerical conversations will return. What about introduction to Catholicism? Justin? Introduction to Catholicism. Um, you know, many of you know uh, that we we had to take clerical. Um, excuse me, had to take introduction to Catholicism down. We had a lot of technical issues with the show, um, and I spent a lot of time reformatting the shows. And uh, we we reposted the first five shows of introduction to Catholicism on the Feast of All Saints on November the first of this season or the, this year. Uh, and we will be bringing this show back. We have a brand-new show host. His name is Mr. Joshua Guncher, um, and we all got to spend some time with Joshua uh, earlier this year when we went up to Canada. He's very excited about doing the show, and we will be tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Central Time. We will be posting that show on the Restoration Radio homepage. Um, it, this is going to be a... Um, 
uh, Joshua will be taking the show over moving forward next season. It'll be a weekly show again with Father Larrabee. They've already recorded a show, and uh, tomorrow we'll be introducing introduction to Catholicism number six, the soul and sin. Uh, so for all, we received, gosh, I don't know, Stephen, how many emails. We received a bunch of emails about where is introduction to Catholicism at, where is it? Well, it's back up, and starting next season in January, it'll be a weekly show again, obviously not in the month of July and December, but all through the regular season, it'll be there weekly with Joshua Guncher. So that show is back. One, I think that's excellent. I'm sorry, I should give out the number again. Our telephone number is 949-272-9417. Again, that's 949-272-9417. If you want to get in a word about your favorite show, maybe it was Introduction to Catholicism or Devotions with Bishop Dolan or Clerical Conversations, give us a call. You can also reach us on Twitter at True Restoration on the Twitter.com homepage. Now, those of you in the United States that might still be in a food coma, um, and enjoying your uh, indult from meat on Friday, uh, it's it's you can't really feel guilty about it when it's when it's papally permitted. But uh, if you are not too much in a food coma and you'd like to give, uh, chat with us a bit, give us a call. Otherwise, we'll continue walking through our survey and our comments. And, and going back to clerical conversations, the crisis. One of the comment, well, one of the comments, well, a lot of the comments we got were on on two sides of an opinion. One was you all. Uh, needed to you need to step up, get a bit more serious, and stop laughing so much. And the other group of people said, "Don't ever stop the laughter." And one shared that he uh, had a Novus Ordo priest friend uh, who he was talking with the show about, and he shared Bishop Sanborn's opinion that the only light that uh, that Vatican II should be read in is a bonfire in St. Peter's Square. And the Novus Ordo priest uh, laughed, and so we had both both sides. And I, I, so I want to take a step back and hear what the hosts have to say about about that humor. I, I'm going to confess that at the outset, everyone here on tonight's show enjoys laughter quite a bit. Um, every single one of us also has a serious edge to what we do. What are your thoughts on these listeners' comments? Either we laugh too much or don't stop laughing, it's a great part of the show. Well, uh, as one who tries to cultivate a persona that lacks in uh, in the sense of humor, I, I have to say that uh, laughter is more of a guilty pleasure for me. But uh, I, I actually, I actually <laughs> kind of felt the need to address this during the show, and I brought it up during the uh, Francis Says There's No Catholic God. And, um, I mean... I, I don't know. As a as a lawyer, I'm a especially a criminal lawyer. I'm a great believer in gallows humor because uh, I mean sometimes you just have to to, to laugh at this stuff because uh, otherwise you'll you'll go crazy if you're just always being upset over it all the time. And and that's actually a coping mechanism that's well known to be among lawyers and police to the you know to have the the gallows humor and. Uh, making light of terrible things so that we can, you know, not just get totally morbid and depressed. Well, there's an old cliche: if you don't laugh, you cry. Yeah. Well, that's exactly. I was getting ready to say that, Maggie. Um, that that's the yeah. The, I think. I mean, I can appreciate our listeners' point of view on this, where it sounds like, well, you know, you're reducing the quality of the show. Uh, there's too much laughter, you shouldn't be laughing, et cetera, et cetera. I can appreciate that. 
Um, I think that much like what what Steve, I mean, what uh, what Nicholas just said, if you don't laugh, you're going to cry. I mean, this situation is so dire. Honestly, this situation in the church today is so so dire that sometimes you are reduced to laughter. I mean, everybody can relate to that in their life. I mean, you know, you come into your you come into your kitchen, you see it flooded, you see cabinets falling down or whatever, and almost involuntarily you just start laughing at each other because of how how pathetic the situation is. And I think we're guilty of that a little bit. I mean, I, I can appreciate people thinking that it reduces the show's quality a little bit. Okay, fair enough. You know, I can take that criticism. Um, I think if you listen to any of these clerics, though, I would, I would encourage people, if you think that Bishop Sanborn is humorous, you should listen to his sermons, okay? <laughs> I mean, this is, you know, the idea that somehow the, that, uh, these clerics aren't taking their job seriously, to me, that's laughable. Um, you know, when you hear someone who's purporting to be the Catholic Pope who comes out and says there is no Catholic God and that atheists should follow their consciences to get themselves to heaven, I mean, that is just, I mean, you know, that's the depths of humor right there. So um, we've, we've actually spoken to the clergy about this, and they understand the comment, you know, they, they understand the criticism. So uh, you'll probably see us tone it back a little bit, but don't be scandalized by the, uh, you know, the intermittent outburst of laughter. I just think that this is something that that you have to you have to live with, and uh, you know we're going to make some concessions. You make some concessions, and we'll find a middle ground. I wanted to say I I could see too where uh, perhaps those who are being this is new to them, say if they're coming from the Novus Ordo, where they find it shocking and they're still in disbelief mode and and trying to understand everything and to hear um, clergy or or traditional Catholics, you know, laughing about the situation, it might be hard for them to understand where they're coming from. And so I think, at least where I know where I come from, where I'm coming from, where I find it humorous, is that it's, to us, the situation, understanding the situation and what's going on, it's just gotten to the point of being so absurd um, that that we, we find it humorous. This, this the outrage of how, how much worse could it possibly get. Um, but but I can definitely see where you know if somebody who's new to it, it would just be it's it's almost like an affront to their sensibilities that anyone would find it humorous when it's so serious to them. So it's yeah. not that yeah it's not that we're taking not taking it seriously, but it's just it is an absurd situation. We shouldn't yeah. be in. Another comment that we that we received was uh, quote unquote we think Bishop Sanborn is awesome or we think Bishop Sanborn is too mean. And um, I think I have to distance myself from this a little bit because I know Bishop Sanborn personally. I mean, I'm, I, like I said, I sit, uh, I hear at least two two Sunday sermons a month from him. Um, I thought maybe Stephen uh, could could comment on this being the somewhat of the outsider in a different geographical location where he doesn't see Bishop Sanborn. Um, Stephen, what, what do you what do you think about the comment? We think Bishop Sanborn is awesome, or Bishop Sanborn is too mean? Because I definitely fall in the camp of Bishop Sanborn is awesome. Um, but what's your thoughts on this? Well, and again, I'm going to try to do what you did, which and Maggie did very well, is try to put myself into the realm of the listener. So part of why we did a survey was was not just to disagree with the points of our listeners, but to try to understand where you're coming from. And, okay, I can get why someone might think that Bishop Sanborn is, is too mean. Um, I think there were a couple times we had callers uh, come in 
and uh, asked Bishop Sanborn a question, and I think if you could have seen a, a video of, of Justin, who was hosting, or myself, who was producing, so I was screening calls, and we're just thinking, oh gosh, what is Bishop Sanborn going to say? Uh, and those of you who know Bishop Sanborn, I'm sure you're laughing right now as well. But I think that part of that is understanding he's a seminary rector, and he has been speaking the unvarnished truth for a long time. People in the Novus Ordo don't realize that there are priests that exist who don't have to watch what they say. They can tell you, this is the truth, this is what it is, you're going to go to hell if you don't believe this. And that's how Bishop Sanborn is, and I think he came out of the womb that way. And if you understand that that's how Bishop Sanborn is, when you look at his tone, the nice thing, at, at least on this, this season's version of Clerical Conversations in the Crisis, you had Father Chikata. No one gave any comments about how mean Father Chikata was because no. that's just not how he, how he comes across. Both of them are hard as nails when it comes to doctrine, but they have different personalities. And I, I think it, it, you have to realize we can't expect all of our priests to have the same personality, and, and I think we're doubling the number of clergy on shows next season, so you're going to get to see even more personalities. But that's the beautiful thing about our clergy is they, they bring whatever God has given them as part of their personality, their nature. You know, Nicholas says that he tries to suppress his sense of humor. Uh, you know, Bishop Sanborn and Father Jakarta don't. They're on the other side of it. But I think, I think the response has to be the same response that I share, which is, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit around and, and give you the sort of mopey Jimmy Aiken at Catholic Answers asking you for money face when I read some horrible quote from when, – when I hear somebody say, there is no Catholic God, uh, you know, I don't believe in a Catholic God, I can't, I can't imagine that people who are saying don't laugh or, you know, this is very serious would expect me to read that quote and, and then play some, some music from Sesame Street that's, like, really sad – go, well, I guess that's it. And then Eeyore would kind of walk in across the stage. So for us, this is a way for us to deal with, with the sort of disbelief that someone would say something like this out loud. That if anyone else said this in the world, you would just write them off as crazy. Or you would say, I, I, obviously that person's an atheist. I don't have to worry about that. But the confusion is this person's wearing a white cassock. And the humorous part for us is that people aren't willing to just take a step back and say, okay, what does that mean for me? And so the way that we deal with it, humor-wise, I think Bishop Sanborn does that as well. Sometimes there may be an edge to Bishop Sanborn, uh, but I think, I think there's, you have to understand that the, that's the way he preaches and that's the way he is, and I think that's fine. That goes yeah, on think... to the next point, which is you know, stop wasting time on Francis versus please don't stop talking about Francis or please cover X or Y Novus Ordo scandal Justin, what, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, listen, there's just not enough airtime to cover every extra wine Novus Ordo scandal. I mean, it's that simple. You know, unfortunately, we don't have the luxury of a bunch of time. And when we, um, you know, when we have our clergy on the air, we have to make the most use of their time and you know, the best use of their time. So the idea that we can cover, I mean, I, I received an email from a gentleman a while back about uh, uh, a, recent, uh, a recent interview or a a recent speech given uh, by by Novus Ordo Cardinal in Miami, which actually Bishop Sanborn covered in his recent seminary newsletter. Um, it, we just don't have time. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, we just don't have the time. And so when they ask us to cover X or Y Novus Ordo scandal, we automatically go back to say, okay, 
if we're going to cover Novus Ordo scandal, we'll cover Francis. So when you ask us to stop wasting time on Francis, we are also saying, well, okay, then what do you want us to talk about? I mean, this is this is the man purporting to be Pope. He dresses in the white cassock. He wears the white zucchetta. Uh, what do you want us to talk about in terms of that? I mean, because that's where the problem that's where the problem resides is at the very top. The fact there is no authority, and this man is proving it. So I don't necessarily understand the people that say, please don't stop talking, or excuse me, the people that say stop wasting time on Francis. Well, um, yeah, there's a million things to talk about, but our listenership and the numbers certainly prove that they want us to talk about Francis. They want to hear about these things. How in the world are we possibly going to explain to people our positions if you can't talk about them and illustrate the reasons for our positions? Uh, I mean, Maggie, do you have anything to add to that, or, or does anybody have anything to add to that? Yeah, I do actually, because you, you were mentioning about the um, all the you know some people want to hear more about the you know the various scandals throughout the Novus Ordo world that are going on that they might not um, they might not know about or or you know is this all just Francis or whatever? But that's why I think um, that the website uh, NovusOrdoWatch.org um, gives you it's almost daily I want to say or at least every two days they update um, and they have a a, a very broad uh, range of topics that they cover under their Novus Ordo wire page. Um, so, I mean, if you if you want to know what's going on, what's going on in the, in the Novus Ordo with regards to scandal and all the things that we can't talk or we don't have the time to talk about on air, definitely go to NovusOrdoWatch.org and, and check out what they have. Yeah. Um, and also, I, we should thank them for being a show sponsor. They they sponsored several of our shows in uh, both season one and two. Uh, they also link to a lot of our uh, our from the pulpits, especially the Bishop Sanborn Vatican II series. I want to thank Nova Sort of Watch for that because it it gave us a lot uh, a lot better exposure for that. So, I mean, with that, I think that um, that kind of you know that kind of support that we get from 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 Nova Sort of Watch is pretty invaluable to uh, to broaden our listenership base. So um, I don't know if if anybody had anything else to add on that, Nicholas or Stephen, if you had anything to add on that or not. Well, no, I, I don't. I think we've uh, treated uh, of that topic fairly thoroughly. And uh, I, I want to jump in and talk about my new show. Uh, we're talking about other new shows that will be coming up in, in Season 3. Um, and I think this show addresses a few things. It addresses the vegetable question. It's going to be a different type of vegetable for people to to try out, and I think it also addresses another comment that we got of, uh, please get other clergy other than St. Gertrude the Great clergy onto the show, um, and it, it's true, we've had St. Gertrude the Great clergy perhaps overrepresented, I think, we, I know we've had one show with Father Benedict Hughes of the CMRI, um, and I'm not sure that we've had any other uh, clerics on the show, that's many different reasons for that. Uh, partly the St. Gertrude the Great Clergy, I think, have the time more than a lot of other clergy do. Uh, we've attempted to get Society of St. Pius X clergy, and before I came out of the Sedevicontis closet, we tried a bit more, and they were told by their district superiors, no, you are not allowed to go on uh, the radio, period. I don't think it was even just because it was us. It was just they weren't allowed to... I know there was one priest who asked him about to do uh, Christ the King, and no, not allowed to talk about Christ the King on the radio because it's not sspx.org. Um, but uh, in January we're going to be starting a 
Spiritual Life uh, show with uh, Father Bernard Utley, OSB, a Benedictine priest, my pastor, in fact, um, who's, uh, uh, I'd say, closely affiliated with the CMRI. He's originally from Christ the King Abbey in Coleman, Alabama, but when things went the, went uh, the way they did there, he ultimately found a home uh, under the purview of the CMRI. So we've got vegetables and we've got a non-sanker to the great... Uh, priest on the show, and I, I we've uh, uh, pre-recorded a uh, preview show that, that uh, is going to be uploaded soon, and I, I think it's going to be a very good show. That'll be tomorrow morning for the listeners. Uh, we've already we've already formatted it. That show will go live tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Um, you can listen to the Spiritual Life. It's a very good show. I've already heard it, obviously, because I've had to format it. Uh, and knowing Father Bernard, I think he's going to be an excellent, excellent addition to Restoration Radio. If there's any show I'm really excited about for Season 3, it's The Spiritual Life. I, um, I think it's a topic that Catholics need to know about. Stephen, there's one thing I wanted to bring up here while we're talking about clergy and getting more clergy on the air. Um, we've received some emails from listeners asking, hey, why don't you have any CMRI priests on the air? And I think I, it's important for the listeners to know that it is certainly not for lack of effort. I mean, we have tried and tried and tried. And maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about the back end of that, the, you know, the behind the scenes of you trying to um, you know, procure a CMRI priest to do a show. Sure. Uh, and we talk about we're making sausage back here at the sausage factory. So Justin works on our sound quality, pre-production, music, making sure that things get scheduled, there's no schedule conflicts. One of the things that I do for the network is procurement, um, pre-production, development of new shows, uh, uh, acquiring and training new hosts, and bringing on new guests. And early on, we had, uh, in season one, we had Father uh, Benedict Hughes come on and to talk uh, about devotion to the Pope. I'm sorry, actually, that was earlier this season. And... Uh, so we 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 uh we all have experience with CMRI clergy. Nicholas attends a CMRI parish. Um, the closest set of chapel to me here in Kansas City has been in Omaha. So I've been to mass up there several times, and uh, Justin also has had a chance to meet Father Bernard. So we you know we we True Restoration covered the 2011 ordinations of Father Michael Oswald, which was done at Mount St Michael, which is a beautiful property. So. Restoration Radio, as as an apostolate, we don't have any issues with bringing on other clergy, but I think part of that you have to understand is the current outreach and apostolate of the CMRI. They are extremely hardworking, and when I say that, I want you to think that everyone from the bishop all the way down to the newest ordained priest does three masses on Sunday. I know Bishop Bishop Pivrunas, I think, drives seven hours after saying mass in Omaha. I've and that, and that was actually the only chance I was able to, to catch him. I had been emailing and calling for months, working on pre-production of a show I wanted to feature him on, and just haven't been able to get a hold of him, but I nabbed him after Mass, and we had a chance to chat for a while. But the only reason that we were able to chat was because I got him in the flesh. But you have to keep in mind, Bishop Pivrunas, as the, as the superior of the order, exudes this spirit of apostolicity. So they go out, they say Mass, in all these different places. He also runs a seminary, he helps run a school, he helps run a religious order. They've got nuns. So 
I had submitted some time back, I said, I know you have your priest meeting twice a year, put it out there that we, you know, we're looking to do a show. And I I gave him the topics that I wanted to work on. And, you know, are there clergy who could do it? And really, there was only one priest who could do it. Um, And he emailed me after the priest meeting, which was in July. So the original letter was in February saying, bring this up at your priest meeting in July. In July, I got an email saying, would you please call me in October? So I called him in October. He says, okay, could you call me in March? And this particular priest, one of, one of the most energetic, I would say, that I know, and I've had a chance to, to meet him before in person. And you can see that progression. And then before you know it here, we're into season three already. So the soonest that we would see something like that would be in season four, but it hasn't been for lack of trying. So we, we don't have any particular issues. And I would, I would tell the listeners, if you have a priest that you think would be a good host or a good guest, bring put together the contact information with us. You can't assume that we know everybody. We certainly don't. And even if we do, sometimes our calls don't get returned because we don't have a personal connection. Networking works the same in the Catholic world as it does in the real world. So if you have a priest that you'd like, uh, season three is already set, so that gives us a lot of runway to work with someone on a show for season four. And they don't have to commit to becoming you know, part of our network for the rest of their lives. They can try out half a season. They could try out a full season. We just ask, you're not just going to come on and do one or two shows. You're either going to do half a season or a full season. And we're going to work with you. We're going to make sure that you're with the right type of host, someone who works with your schedule. There's a lot of moving parts to that. So if you have a priest and or a topic that you'd like to see, connect us. Justin is mail at truerestoration.org. He's a producer. He runs all that stuff. So email him and with your ideas, with the priest, and give us an email address. Don't just say, you need to talk to Father so-and-so. Get us an email address. Get us a telephone number. Mention if you have a personal connection. Those will help us get calls returned. Um, there are plenty of clergy out there who've never heard any restoration radio shows before, so they don't know whether they should appear on our show. So we don't have any, we don't have any litmus tests for the clergy who are going to appear on show other than they're Catholic and they're validly ordained, and they want to be on the radio. So it hasn't been for lack of trying. Um, we, we enjoy working with the CMRI whenever possible, but uh, as we, you know, Father, Father, uh, Father Bernard, sorry, I have to be careful. When you're talking about a religious priest, you use their religious name, so he's Father Bernard. This is another point. That, uh, uh, trad sometimes try to out-trad themselves, and they'll refer to a religious priest by his last name, but that's not proper. That's a secu- You refer to a secular priest as Father Smith. You wouldn't, but a religious priest, you refer to him by his religious name because that's not actually his name. He took a new name, so you recognize his new name, and so he's Father Bernard. We're not trying to go Novus Ordo on you. When you refer to a religious priest, you call him by his religious name. So Father Bernard is associated with the samurai, but he's a Benedictine. And he's actually working on establishing a Benedictine monastery. I'm pretty excited about that, I'm sure. Nicholas and he will share that, uh, share those details uh, coming up. But um, I'm excited about that show as well. I, it's trying to build out. We, I know we've been using the food analogy, which I suppose is fitting the day after Thanksgiving. But, you know, the spiritual life is part of that balanced diet, doctrine, spiritual life, being informed about current events, reflecting on cultural issues, and even things like music or art, uh, where we, you know, Maggie, before she went and got pregnant on us, uh, was was running that show, and um, and that was that's another part of our faith. The, the beautiful thing about Catholicism is there are so many beautiful things, and 
uh, as St. Paul said, if we had all the time in the world, we still wouldn't be able to cover it. So we just cover whatever we can. For those of you who are, we do need to cover. We don't. We need to move on to to a kind of a big topic you needed to touch on, didn't didn't you, Stephen? I, I do. I just want to remind people we've got a, about 20 minutes left in the live stream, uh, and the show won't end at that time. But it'll go into overtime. But that means the stream will cut off, so you you won't be able to to listen to what we're talking about. So if you do have a question that you want to get in, we haven't covered. Make sure that you. Give us a call, 949-272-9417. Again, that's 949-272-9417. We do realize it's Friday night, Thanksgiving. You may just be sitting on the couch listening and not wanting to call. That's fine. Uh, but if you do want to call, that's the number. And as I said before, Twitter, at Drew Restoration, if you want to put a question there. Did anybody have any any follow-up on on that discussion about other clergy? No, I think you know, I think you covered it pretty well. I mean, we've certainly tried. We've certainly you know, reached out to try and get other clergy on, and uh, Father Bernard was very, very forthcoming with wanting to come on and do this show. I think I've, uh, yeah, I think we've covered that well. One of the things I wanted to discuss, and I think Nicholas, uh, you know, perhaps this is you know a better time than ever to uh, to talk about this, is. Uh, not just to mention you know, your show, but we have a lot of new shows coming up, and Stephen, perhaps you can talk about this. Um, you have a new show coming up with Father Stephen McKenna, uh, which is on the Summas, and uh, the Summas of St. Thomas Aquinas, that is the, the Summa Contra Gentiles and the Summa Theologiae. Um, I also have a new show coming up, but I thought perhaps before we talk about my show coming up with Father Chicada, you could talk about your new show coming up with Father McKenna. Sure, I actually have uh, two shows um, coming up with Father McKenna. The the first one, Nicola, um, the first one, Justin has already talked about the Summas. We are going to uh, break down certain questions from the Summa, and keep in mind the Summa is way too long to let's say cover in one or seventy-seven seasons. So we're going to take important questions, break them down component by component, and help you understand not just how St. Thomas thinks, but how we as a Catholic should think about fundamental issues. We also want to remove some of the the intimidation factor. People think St. Thomas, the Summa, you know, I'm not that smart. I can't deal with that and realize it really isn't that complicated. It's built up that way because it's so brilliant, but it's written with a simplicity that is that is able to be understood. So we're going to be breaking down both the Summa Contra Gentiles and the Summa Theologiae. Um, we're going to see how this goes for the first season, so we're not committing to you know multi-seasons, but we'll see how that goes. We're also going to be doing a show called Pastoralia, which I'm really excited about, and I call this sort of coffee and donuts talk. And these are the questions that you're not going to ask Father in confession, but he may not preach a sermon about it, but there may not be any articles about it available. And these would be something like, how many, how many children is too many for me to be a godparent to? Or what's the etiquette regarding family members being godparents? Or, uh, you know, what's the etiquette about uh, Catholic names? Or other issues that are in this sort in between space. They're not maybe serious doctrinal issues. They're practical issues. They may not come up in a sermon. They're simply pastoral matters. Hence, pastoralia. And will that one that show will be entirely listener and clergy fed, meaning we're going to take your questions for, for that to, to, to run the show. So we'll say, 
so-and-so from Massachusetts wrote this week asking about that, somewhat like radio replies, but radio replies was dealing with doctrinal issues. We're just going to be dealing with pastoral issues. And I'm looking forward to that because, again, that's, that's the sort of in-between. Uh, how am I supposed to act around a priest? What's appropriate behavior? What, what's the decorum? Some Catholics don't know this, and they, they act inappropriately sometimes. They don't realize they are. And this, this shows a good way to, to correct some of that. And also, that show, the, uh, the, the introduction show to that will post also tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, uh, Father and Stephen McKenna, uh, excuse me, <laughs> There's, they're both named Stephen, uh, Father Stephen McKenna and Stephen will be uh, doing the introduction show tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. I also think it's a time, too, to mention that I will be doing a new show next year, with, or with next season, with Father Chicada. It will be entitled The Work of Human Hands, which will follow Father's book, um, that that introduction show will also drop tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., that has already been formatted up on the site. So uh, this is going to be a show that is uh, geared towards somewhat of the Novus Ordo crowd who is confused about what's going on, but it's also going to be a show for the liturgical nerds, and I can speak for pretty much everybody on here. We're all liturgical nerds, that's for sure. Um, and and uh, it's, going to, it's going to be a show that's going to cover a broad variety of topics from Father's book, um, Father's very excited about this. We had a chance to do, like I said, the, the, the introduction show, but we, we spoke a lot about it uh, after and before the, the show we did about what's coming up and how to cover his book. I also want to uh, make the listeners aware, we are not going to read this book. You can do that yourself. Okay? This is going to be a summary and Father's thoughts on each chapter, maybe a little bit about... Um, how the how the listener can relate this to what they see if they're trapped in the Novus Ordo or like most of us who came from the Novus Ordo, uh, many of us are going to say, "Oh yeah, I saw that," and then some of the some of the Novus Ordo listeners are going to say, "Yeah, I see that." So uh, I, I'm excited about this show. It's going to be a season long show. It's going to be once a month. Um, that's coming up. Uh, there's another show coming up as well with Stephen uh, on Catholic etiquette. And this kind of goes back to this whole thing about uh, there's a talk by Dr. Horvat, uh, Dr. Marion T. Horvat, called uh, There's a Catholic Way to Do Everything. It was a very instrumental uh, uh, speech. That, I think that talk uh, is framed somewhere in the Wands Butter House. I didn't see I it think when that I was is, there. I but, think that is framed in the Wands Butter House. Wands Butter, don't, you, don't <laughs> you have that gilded somewhere? <laughs> well, that, the, uh, that audio lecture certainly gets listened to. Uh, a few times a year. I think by the time your children are, you know, your teenage age, they should be able to recite that to you, kind of the preamble, you know, they should be able to recite that to you, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so and we haven't we given have up a, hope uh, trying to get Dr. Horvat to come on, if not as a, a recurring guest, as at least a one-time guest. We've stated on more than one occasion that we are big fans of her work. We don't agree with Absolutely. tradition in action. Um, on everything, but we try to collaborate where there is strong agreement, and there's a lot of strong agreement on uh, on Catholic etiquette. And so we hope right. to have her on as a guest, but we we can't promise anything, obviously. Stephen, tell the listeners about Trad Reviews. Trad Reviews is part of uh, a, a, a reboot of something that Nicholas and I did back uh, in his Traditio and Radice days and the original True Restoration. So there was a previous version of True Restoration got rebooted when I moved to, to Kansas. And Trad Reviews was our answer to the United Conference of United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, uh, which put out a sham list. 
Right. They put out a sham list, uh, which was supposed to be the inheritor of the Legion of Decency. But really, they just pretty rubber stamp every movie. And Nicholas, uh, back in the days when he actually would watch more than one movie per year, would refer to this list and be disgusted. And myself, as a frequent moviegoer, someone who sees at least a movie a week, if, if not more, uh, would look at the list and also be disgusted. And, and our thought process goes back to, why, do, why start Restoration Radio? Why start True Restoration? Why start Traditio and Radice? We're just laymen. We could just sit around and say, well, it's not our place to do anything. There are some religious congregations who, who just wait for their priests to do things, and they forget their priests are really busy being priests. They're not around to tell you what to do. There's something about Catholic action where you need to step up and do things on your own. And, and our idea is, okay, the index of forbidden books is not being updated, and there is no Legion of Decency anymore. But there are young people who want to read books and who want to see movies, and they're not going to accept... I'm sorry, young people are not going to simply accept that you say that it's no good when you haven't read it. So we'd read these condemnations from The Remnant or Catholic Family News of Harry Potter or Twilight, etc. And we're no fans of Harry Potter or Twilight, but they would be written by people who hadn't read the books or seen the movies. And we thought, well, that's not particularly helpful, especially if you're trying to win someone over. I think, Nicholas, when we did, back in Season 1, when we did The Hunger Games, I think a couple people at your parish stopped you at Coffee and Donuts and mentioned that they were going to listen to that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was people with uh, teenage children that were uh, going to tune in especially because th- they knew that th- these are the things that teenagers are interested in and, you know, they don't live in a you know hermetically sealed uh, vault. They're aware of what's going on and they, ha- they know people that aren't trads, so... Yeah, so that Trad Reviews, the radio show, is going to be a, a ver- basically pick up where Trad Reviews, the website, which has uh, fallen into disuse over the years. We might we might be reviving it as the radio show comes back into existence. Mm-hmm. But Trad Reviews. I might also would- add, uh, Stephen, real quick. I might also add to our listeners that if you're looking for a substitute for the Legion of Decency or or an index of forbidden books, uh, email me and. Uh, uh, Wands Butter will be certain to to provide those services to you, and you can you have my word, Mr. Wands Butter will be a wonderful substitute for the Legion of Decency. Well, well, you, well I don't you, I, I don't you know say if substitute that would be the word. I, I mean, it, stricter than the Legion of Decency, maybe. I don't know. Well, stricter than the Legion of Decency. Well, although, <laughs> having said that, jokingly, Justin, I was actually just about to say one of the things that we received. Like I was saying, Stephen, we need to get the flame retardant suits out before we start up trad reviews again because we got tons of uh, uh, very sharply worded comments in the comments box and emails of who do you think you are, you know, setting yourself up as an authority, you know, how dare you uh, make this website and tell me what I can and can't watch. Uh, so uh, keeping that in mind, I think it's worth stressing that we aren't setting ourselves up as an authority and saying you're going to go to hell if you watch this movie. Um, but we're trying to offer our insight, and then you can make up your own mind. I mean, I think that's the most we can do is authority. Right, but I think that's better than you walking into a theater blind saying, I have no idea whether this film is going to be good or not, and then regretting it versus you know, maybe being able to say, hey, that guy watched it. No, he was kind of 
he didn't like it, or and here's why, or he thought it was actually surprisingly good. So maybe I will check that out. I think the translation for our listeners is he's saying just trust Juan's butter. I think that's I think that's what he's saying. <laughs> so Trader Reviews is going to cover uh, in every episode. We're going to cover one book, one movie, and one game. It could be a board game. It could be a card game. But if we're talking, what Trad Reviews is, is your recreation. What are you doing when we're not talking about the faith or doctrine or spiritual life? We're trying to fill in that enchanted Catholic universe, and part of that is good reading, good viewing, because there, there are good movies to be seen, and, uh, and games that you can play. And we're going to try to, we'll see, how the, we'll see how the first season of Trad Reviews goes, but we'll try to cover one of those per, per episode. And that uh, Trad Reviews is going to air on Sunday Sundays from 4 to 6. Uh, well, let me, I don't want to get quoted on the time. It's going to air on Sundays. We'll, ha- we'll, find, we'll get you the finalized times before the season starts. One other show I want to mention, too, and I failed to mention this earlier, in the Bishop Dolan lineup will be the, uh, the Religious Orders of the Church. Uh, there will be a 15-minute pre-recorded show from Bishop Dolan that gives uh, just a 15-minute brief overview of the Religious Orders of the Church, their history, their spirituality, moving... Um, uh, throughout history and the role they played in the the church, as well as in uh, some of the spinoff uh, third orders, how how the laity have had an affinity for that spirituality. Uh, we don't have a day on that yet. I don't think I've received a, a confirmation from Bishop Dolan for the day of that yet, but I know that that's something he wants to do. Uh, so that will definitely be next year, uh, or I, sh- I say next year, next year and next season uh, on the Restoration Radio. And, and Maggie, I heard you commenting there. Did you have? Do you had something you wanted to add on? Oh yeah, no. I was just going to say that I think it's uh, with regards to the uh, the review show that um, it's just good to be able to have somebody else's perspective who who you can. I mean, I know that uh, you know Justin was saying you know with humor, you know, just trust Nicholas, that kind of a thing. But but it's true. I mean, to a certain extent, that if you if you don't know, you know, we don't, nobody wants to walk into something without having some concept. And you can go and read, you know, the review off of Rotten Tomatoes or you know the review off of you know this or that site. But it's not going to necessarily give you the Catholic or a Catholic perspective or uh, you know of the pros and cons of of the movie or a scene. That's another thing too, you know. So I think that's a you know. It, it, I think it's a little bit unreasonable if people get huffy or puffy about, you know, two Catholic guys sitting around talking about what may or may not be good or bad about a movie. Well, there's a vacuum for that, too, I think. I mean, I don't think there's any anybody making a serious effort to critique what's in the media today. I mean, you know, you saw what happened this season, and you know, we won't go into this because of short of time, but... You know, uh, a couple of listeners voiced a little bit of um, of objection to our uh, our harsh words for Fox News. I mean, you know, you, you you attack those sort of things, and people get a little bit hot in the seat of the pants. So, um, but I think it's important. There's certainly a vacuum out there, um, and uh, I would want to remind our listeners here: we're coming up about six minutes left in our live stream. Uh, which means that after the remaining six minutes, you're going to be dropped. But uh, we're going to continue the show on, and uh, five minutes after we're, we're done here, I'm not sure how much longer we're going to go on, maybe, maybe another 15, 20 minutes or so. I'm not quite sure. But uh, as soon as the show is over, it'll post the RSS feed, and you can download and listen to the remainder of the show um, once, you, um, once you click on the download link on the Restoration Radio homepage. So, Stephen? 
Well, we've got two more shows. I know you can't believe that we're adding all these new shows, but we are um, because we've got so much free time. No, not at all. Uh, but we are adding two more shows. One is Liturgical Year. I'm going to be doing that show with Father Charles McGuire. And you've seen a, a preview of this show, I would say, in the September show I did with Bishop Dolan on the flagship, which was we basically talked about all the Marian feasts in September and how September, not May, is really Mary's month. So you're going to see stuff like that from the liturgical year. So the, the show that airs, let's say a show that airs in March, the liturgical year, is going to talk about all the feasts that are coming up in April. That way you'll have a better appreciation for it. You can engage in some devotions. You'll learn more, and you're going to bring more to the liturgy by knowing that. And we're not just going to be talking about the, we think, the, the liturgy of, of the Mass, but also we're going to talk about the breviary and the other the other things that surround the liturgical year. So when we think the liturgical year, we might just be thinking about Mass when we're talking about lay people. But there are lots of richness from the there are lots of rich readings from the breviary that, that most lay people don't get to hear that will be great to be shared and we'll be doing that in the liturgical year. That means that the flagship show, True Restoration, is going to be free to return to topics that that, that show was originally conceived around. Uh, items of interest for traditional Catholics trying to live their faith. Perfect example would be relocation. Have you done it? What are the pitfalls? What You can't just say, oh, there's Master, and I'm going to move, and everything will be fine, and our Lord will work it out because I'm moving for him. Nicholas has relocated for the faith and then found himself in a situation where you know he had to go to a different parish. What did that mean? I've relocated uh, as well. Uh, Maggie had a relocation from from marriage. Justin, you know, as as a single person who you know might get married, he has lots of options as to where he might relocate if, for for a parish, apart from you know getting treated you know uh, to Bishop Sanborn. Uh, for those of us who are who are jealous about that, so um, that's what what's what the flagship show is going to return to is going to talk about that uh, Fatima. Uh, what biblical translation should you use? something that fits into our flagship show. So the flagship is going to return to being the flagship, and all of the splinters that you've had on the flagship before now have their own shows. And there are other shows that we're not announcing right now because we're still finalizing the details, but you haven't heard it all yet. I mean, there's still more coming. And how does this all come together? And I suppose this is a a good place for, for me to talk about this is, we, you know, uh, one of the questions was you you shamelessly ask for money all the time, and I suppose part of that is we haven't maybe done a great job of explaining to you what it costs to put this all together. So I think tonight, you, if you've listened to the whole show, you've gotten a a lot of insight into the time it takes. So there's a huge time cost for you know, Maggie, myself, Nicholas on just hosting our own shows, and then someone like Justin, who is post-producing the shows, working on the music, slotting, scheduling, there's a lot of time there. Well, there's also a lot of money behind what we do. So let me explain. When you buy a domain, like restorationradionetwork.com, you have to buy the domain. And you don't just buy it once. You buy it, and you have to renew that every year. Then you pay to host it, meaning that website is now on a host, and it's like rent. So in addition to if the website is the house, the host is the land. 
and you have to pay for that every year, and in fact, every month most of the time. Then if you need to construct a website, you need to pay for that. If you want to be if you want to have a radio station like we do with Blog Talk Radio, you have to pay for that platform. We also have people who are, I would say, semi-volunteers with us. They, they, they love what we're doing, but I can't ask them to do it for free. We pay some people like that. True Restoration Press, which is a self-contained entity under our umbrella, they have warehousing costs, shipping costs. It, something that I never realized before I got into the publishing business is when you, when you send someone uh, a book, the cost isn't just the book. You have to put the packaging and the box and the tape and the labels and someone to do that. And a lot of times people get a book and they're excited and they're happy and they don't realize all the moving parts that brought them. And there's a cost. There's a box actually costs money and it's not one cent. I promise it's not. If there are changes that need to be made to the website, if there need to be uh, new things done, a lot of you can see a logo that we're very pleased with for True Restoration, well, that cost money. There wasn't a Catholic that designed that for us. We went to, uh, I would have been very happy to hire a Catholic graphic designer. And if there's one of you out there, we'd be happy to hire you for future work. Just email Justin and we'll, we'll put you on our preferred vendors list. Catholics go to the top of the list, obviously. But we just worked with someone we knew and they put together that logo. Well, that costs money. If we want to copyright material, that costs money. So when I look at asking for what we're doing, it's not simply to cover the costs of hosting the radio show. It covers everything that we're doing and, and things that we're not doing yet that we'd like to do. One of the things that you can do with, with Google AdSense is if someone types in traditional Catholic radio or Catholic radio, you can buy ads from Google that place in high in the search. So if someone types in Catholic radio and maybe that costs 25 cents for that one ad, well, if someone sees that ad clicks through, maybe they listen to our, our radio and, and something changes for them in their life. Well, that, that's worth it, and that's what 25 cents can do. Well, we're not doing that yet because we're not yet meeting our costs for running the apostolate. But when you think about what we're doing, our, our estimated listeners, we could say when you talk about people who listen to our show every week, uh, or every time there's a new broadcast, back to those numbers we talked about in the survey originally. We estimate that's around 3,000. And I always use our Lord as someone who's... As, I've run multiple businesses before, and I've, I've seen how customer reviews go, and I really look to our Lord as the example here with the lepers. And he healed these lepers, and only one came back. And our Lord asked the question, well, were not the rest made clean? But this, this one came back, and sort of the 10% rule. So if, you, if, if our Lord could only get 10% uh, people to come back and show gratitude, that is the same way that we would look at it. We understand that people are not in a financial position. We, we, we heard from some of our Australian listeners. They have, to go to a, uh, they have to go to a library to listen to our shows because they don't have high-speed Internet. So I, I understand the circumstances are not the same. If you like what we're doing, volunteer. There's a volunteer button. You can help. We can get translations of stuff. Think about what we could do if we could transcribe a show. Take something like the Vatican II show, transcribe it into print, and then start sharing that. Well, we would need volunteer help to do that. Um, so if you can't contribute monetarily, think about contributing your time. And that's at truerestoration.org forward slash volunteer. But as far as the donate part, 
again, if we're looking at a core of 3,000 listeners who listen all the time and there's a larger group that listens once a month or they listen occasionally, then the 10% rule would be Project 300 for us. And that's what Season 3 will be built around that project of, of bringing together 300 subscribers, be it at the platinum level, at the silver level, the gold level, at any level, as I said, at the $1 level. And if we put together 300 of any, any variation of that, then we're going to have our cost covered and we're going to be able to do some amazing, great things on top of that. So none of us take any salary from True Restoration. It's a, it's a zero, zero salary endeavor. We, we try to take all the money that, that is made to put towards other projects, other projects that you'll hear more about um, later this year on the website on truerestoration.blogspot.com and, and across other venues. So Steven. think think about that when you think about what you'd like to contribute. It's that time of year when you're looking at things that matter in your life. If Restoration Radio has made a difference in your life, if it, it, if it has become a new thing in your family, think about helping us, and we will be able to do great things with that, that money. We're not like Catholic Answers where we're going to use that money to pay you know, Justin's salary. Justin has no salary. In fact, um, you know, we certainly couldn't afford Justin, given the amount of time that he works for us. If there's one thing I might want to say real quick, just to give a little um, a recognition for those who, who have emailed us. It's interesting. Plenty of people have emailed us and said, hey, can I help, can I help, can I help? And uh, we had a gentleman who, uh, from Australia who emailed us and said, hey, I'd like, you know, I'm an audio engineer. I'd like, to, uh, you know, I'd like to help you however I can. How can I be of service? His name is Matt Arthur. And um, he, uh, he took all five of our Introduction to Catholicism shows, and he was instrumental in bringing uh, the reformatted shows. And you'll notice the audio quality is a lot better, um, almost too good, to be honest about it. Um, he did a wonderful job. And uh, this is just a, it's just a great example of somebody stepping up and saying, hey, I want to you know, help. I expect nothing in return for it. I just want to be part of this. And so we encourage our listeners that, hey, if, you, if there's some talent that you have that you'd like to contribute to us, please email me. Um, and, if, and for some, uh, uh, you know, if someone out there needs audio services or whatnot, uh, Matt is most certainly available. Uh, you can contact me at mail at truerestoration.org, and I can put you in contact with him, and you guys can work it out. But, you know, he went to the great sacrifice to do this. I mean, this is, you know, this is, for example, this is one of the listeners who has to travel a great distance because the Internet is so poor at his house that he has to drive to a major city in order to get a good Internet connection to upload and download the shows to us. And, he, you know, he did this with his free time. And time, honestly, is worth more than money. Uh, this is, you know, he really put himself out to travel quite a distance, I might add, to do this. So I, you know, I certainly echo Stephen's comments, and I'm, I, you know, I know Nicholas agrees that please, if there's something you can do to help us and you want to be a part of this, we'd love to have you. We would certainly love to have you help us out and uh, you know, bring the best, uh, the best uh, show content in the Catholic world out there. Uh, you know, Stephen, do you do you have anything you want to add to that? I mean, I was I was kind of really really astonished at Matt's, uh, you know, his willingness to help us and and, and step in and and uh, clean up those shows. No, really appreciate that, and then that goes back to the volunteer help. What is it that you are are good at? Do you do you do audio visual work? Do you draw? Do you uh, 
do design things. Whatever it is that you do, we're probably going to be able to use it for something new with what we're doing with the Apostle. There's always, we're never satisfied, we're, we never think that we're done, and we can always do more. And, that, and that's part of it. Speaking of which, I, I have an announcement to make that I was asked to make by, by Father McKenna. There's some emails from a section of North Dakota. They already uh, have Mass in Grand Forks in North Dakota, but there's another part of North Dakota that is asking for Mass. And if there's anyone in South or North Dakota who's in need of Mass, you should probably contact Father McKenna. And his email is pr- fairly straightforward. It's Father F R period Stephen S T E P H E N McKenna M C K E N N A at yahoo.com. Father period Stephen McKenna, all one word, at yahoo.com. Um, go ahead and let him know if you either you know of someone in the Dakotas or you are someone in the Dakotas and you'd like access to Mass, uh, they may be able to put together a mission for you. Um, just go ahead and email Father, M- Father McKenna. And, uh, and be able to go from there. Well, I don't have anything to add to that. I mean, other than the fact that, um, you know, bringing, trying to bring as many people together, you know, the more people that we can get who are willing to help us out, the, you know, the better the content is going to be on the air. I mean, there's just no question about it. I mean, we can't do it all. Um, as Stephen alluded earlier, if you know a priest that wants to help, please put us in contact with him uh, or uh, yeah, email me. I've given the email out several times, mail at truerestoration.org, and uh, we'll, you know, we'll take it from there, give us your name, and uh, just you know, suggest a topic. I mean, certain priests are good at certain things. Uh, you know, for example, you know, Father Bernard is a natural fit for the spiritual life. Um, and, you know, Father Chicada is excellent on matters of the Mass and matters of theology. I mean, he's one of the foremost theologians in the world, if not the most, uh, the foremost theologian in the world when it comes to matters of the Mass. So put us in contact with these priests. Let us know, hey, you know, so-and-so can do this, and we will, uh, you know, we'll try and take it from there. So, Stephen, I think this is uh, probably a good time to, uh, you know, kind of, move into a bit of a wrap-up here and uh, you know, how you want to um, you know, listeners know we're going to end the show. Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple projects that we want to talk about, and we will let you go back to enjoying Thanksgiving and time with your family, and <laughs> on top of that, a Friday evening. So the two things, we have tradcircle.ning.com. It's something that was started back in 2008, but it has been a bit inactive um, in the past year because of a lack of a moderator team. But True Restoration has assumed it as one of our duties, and it is live and well. In fact, I think right now there's a, there's a chat party going on over at Trad Circle. So if you have a young person who wants to get to know other young Catholic friends, Trad Circle is a great place for them to be. It is supervised by priests. It's moderated by lay people. And I... Uh, I think that it's a, it's a great place to make friends. Coincidentally, there are many marriages that have come from that for single people, but married people are there, young, old, everybody's welcome, and we look forward to, to having you up there. So if you'd like to join, just go to tradcircle.ning.com, and um, it's a social network for, for us, traditional Catholics, to talk about and share our stories and, and issues. The other thing is, part of building a virtual community is building a, a real community, and that will be something we're attempting to do in May of next year 
over Memorial Day weekend. So save the date now, Memorial Day weekend. We're going to be doing a summer day of recollection or really a weekend of recollection. So we'll have the sacraments. We're going to have talks, conferences by priests. There'll be a time for fellowship and discussion and music and bonfires and all the fun things. You know, think about parties. Catholics invented parties. Uh, they're called holidays because they used to be holy days. And uh, it'll, it'll be a great opportunity to meet fellow Catholics in person. So when you think about you listening to the radio by yourself, you're not the only one. Other people listen. And we'll have more details to, to, to follow, but to give people six months or more notice. Memorial Day weekend of next year, which is going to be May the 24th through the 26th. So leverage the already existing holiday for some spiritual time. And we'll have more on that ahead. Justin, Nicholas, Maggie, thanks so much for, for being sacrificing your Friday evening and uh, being with us today. Um, it's been, as usual, a, a great show, and I uh, look forward to Season 3. And thanks for being a great part of Season 2. Thanks, thanks Stephen. I appreciate it. This program was brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novus Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovusOrdoWatch.org. That's NovusOrdoWatch.org.